This is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Tuesday, September 13th, 2022, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. This is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior. America. Steak. For breakfast. So stand by. Boots and buckles, red clay and sand. My point ain't subtle here, I'm a suffering man Where the beer seems colder and the women seem hotter Where the world don't seem so damn modern Where good old boy like me still has a chance That's right All this, is where this episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs Rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups and all-around barbecue-related gear for you to make barbecue great again can be found at manrubs.com and on Instagram, manrubs. Use the code STEAK15 for 15% off. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They're at stayreadygear.com and on Instagram, stayreadygearusa. Holsters, custom kydex, mag carriers, tourniquet carriers, on- and off-duty gear. Hot-melted plastic made just for you. Need something custom? They got you covered. Use the code STEAK for 5% off. Don't get ready. Stay ready. The Pillow King of Minnesota and the apparatus known as the MyPillow family. Still cranking out big savings. Right now they've got a, a bedtacular going on. Giza Dream Sheets. Lowest prices as ever before. Still cranking out the uh, Air Lindell My Slipper version 2s. In addition to that, you get 25% off coffee when you enter promo code stake at checkout. MyPillow.com forward slash steak for anything sleep related mystore.com forward slash steak for the uh, coffee related items or you can talk to a qualified pillow representative 1-800-658-8045 the top tier of ear gear and the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording equipment can be found at odyssey whether you're gaming potting talking about the south get those ear needs taken care of and done upright odyssey.com is the website you can find them on facebook and instagram as well got a new one today noah what do you got my patriot cigars Premium handmade cigars out of Nicaragua made with 100% long filler tobacco aged at least three years to give you the best smoke possible. Damn! 15% off when you enter promo code STEAK. Free shipping on orders over $100. And every box of cigar comes with a $10 e-gift card at your next purchase. MyPatriotCigars.com, a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms has been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's got a five-star rating. Pretty much everything you uh, need to get those gun itches scratched. The newly redesigned, easy-to-use website is westcoastsurvivalarms.com. Mike's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone, 619-870-6992. Steak for breakfast backs to blue. We love our first responders, and they're always working hard. While they're off-duty, they're probably wearing gear from Mediocre Medic. Sweatshirts, t-shirts, flip-flops, fanny packs, and more. Sneakers and patches for while they're on the job. Also got a pretty fire IG. MediocreMedic.com is the website. And last but certainly not least, the gold standard of tactical flair and home of the Zero Fucks Duck, Dump Box. Still don't know? Go ask Mark Joe Friday. Find him on Instagram. Find him on Facebook. Friends, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast. 
Or on the website, it's takeforbreakfastpodcast.com. There you'll find a link tree that'll take you to all our social medias, the website, our newest Substack, Telegram channel, and more. On that note, to all our friends joining us today on the Patriot Podcast Network via the Roku app, from the Twitterverse, Instagram, Discord, and now via our verified accounts on Getter and True Social. Welcome. Episode 169, Steak for Breakfast Podcast, Tuesday edition. I'm Roan, Noah's here. Yo. But he won't be here much longer. Antoinette's joined us. And uh, Alan Jacoby's going to jump in for some commentary. Guys, we got some great guests lined up, a lot of breaking news. We're just really excited to be here today. Welcome to the show. Let's get things rolling. show everyone i'm roan alan jacoby's here to do news one with us alan what's going on hey roan what's happening uh, yeah. pleasure to be here what's always going a pleasure on? to host you antoinette's going to be joining us in a bit noah's out of the office today i got some uh advanced forklift training if you know what i mean that was i'm tearing up like a baby I, i've i've heard it like 10 times and, and it still gets me that was the uh national anthem on 9-11 at uh the jets home game um one of the honor guard from the NYPD started it, and about 90,000 Jets fans. And I'm not a Jets enjoyer by any means. I really don't watch the NFL at all anymore. I'm a Giants fan, and they've been awful for the last decade. So hmm. call it fair weather what you will. But uh, those guys took the lead and absolutely crushed it. The whole stadium was, was singing along. I had friends that were there, the whole stadium. On the 21st hmm. anniversary of the uh, – Worst terror attack ever happened in our nation. Uh, they, they, Wait, I thought that was January 6th. Well, before January 6th. Oh, oh, okay. There you go. Got it. I, I get it all straight. But we're going to jump in today. Uh, we're going to start off with a little 9-11 anniversary recap and then jump right into the, uh, you know, back end of our cold open right now, which is going to be covering a lot of the inaccurate information that came out from the uh, – Major pundits in our orbit last week, the Kirks, the Bannons, the Pasobics, et cetera, as the, you know, 
guys who are they're going through it in their own in their own context. But the fact of the matter is they they missed the mark by just a little bit. Uh, I don't know if it's trying to you know get completely ahead of the narrative, but I mean we know factually because we we, we talked to a lot of the people involved. We're actually going to have some of the people involved on the show today. Uh, you know, Boris Epstein is going to be joining us in a bit. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes uh, in regards to the DOJ and, and and what they're trying to do to stop the Save America agenda. Um, Joe Biden put out a little 9-11 commercial. We're going to listen to two clips of him back-to-back. Uh, the first one kind of frames it for all of the boomers and non-political appreciators uh, you know, to think that, you know, good, wholesome, old Scranton Joe being, being huh. nice and wholesome on 9-11. Let's check it out. When future generations come here to sit in the shade of the maple trees, they will find the names of patriots. They will feel the connection that will come to pass on September 11, 2001, and how our country was forever changed. I hope we'll remember that in the midst of these dark days, we dug deep, we cared for each other, and we came together. We regained the light by reaching out to one another and finding something all too rare, a true sense of national unity. To me, that's the greatest lesson of September 11. Doesn't seem all that awful, right, Alan? No, just scripted. He doesn't care. Just- and that was, the, that was the allegedly the 46th president of the United States speaking outside of the Pentagon. Um, a place where a supposedly 747 hit and didn't make a hole. But that's, that's, you know, that's for other shows to debate, uh, not for here on Steak for Breakfast. Um, the other part of this that I want to play from Joe Biden's commentary is, uh, well, Alan teased it. You know, 9-11 was supposedly the greatest uh, terrorist attack on U.S. soil until January 6th. 2021, when they had the, uh, Noah's not here to do it, so I'll just say it the best way I can, insurrection at the U.S. (laughs) Capitol. Here's some of the other commentary Joe Biden gave on that day. Let's uh, check it out. Over the last 21 years, the enduring resolve of the American people to defend ourselves against those who seek us harm and deliver justice to those responsible Mm. for the attacks against our people has never once faltered. It took 10 years to hunt down and kill Osama bin Laden, but we did. And this summer, I authorized a successful strike on Zawahiri, the man who bin Laden was his deputy in 9-11 who was the leader of Al-Qaeda. Because we will not rest. We'll never forget. We'll never give up. And now Zawahiri can never again threaten the American people in 20 years. After Afghanistan is over, but our commitment to preventing another attack in the United States is without end. Our intelligence, defense, and counterterrorism professionals in the building behind me and across the government continue their vigilance against terrorist threats that has evolved and spread to new regions of the world. We'll continue to monitor and disrupt those terrorist activities wherever we find them, wherever they exist, and we'll never hesitate to do what's necessary to defend the American people. What was destroyed, we have repaired. What was threatened, we fortified. What was attacked, the indomitable spirit has never, ever wavered. A couple points I want to make off there. 
preventing another attack wherever they come from. We all know the Biden regime's direction of where the attacks are coming from. Uh, Violent domestic extremists and, uh, you know, white nationalism are now who have replaced the suspected 9-11 terrorists. Uh, That was one of the tasteless things that he talked about. Uh, In addition to that, uh, he talked about the people that have paid the ultimate price for fucking around with the United States back in 2001, uh, namely uh, Zawahiri and Osama bin Laden. It's come out over the last 24 hours. I read an article from Breitbart today. The Biden administration is looking at, uh, well, it's to make it in layman's terms, time served for good behavior and leniency for people like Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and others who are serving uh, sentences in Guantanamo Bay up until, you know, they're formally charged and prosecuted and then put to death. It looks like that uh, the Biden administration is shooting for them to not get the death penalty and, uh, you know, like I said, show them a little bit of leniency. Alan, how does that make you feel as someone who was literally a first responder in New York, uh, you know, back in the day when, when, when things were pretty spicy over there? It's disgusting. I don't understand. I mean, I, I'm assuming he's paying back a favor, you mm. know, to somebody. Uh, there, there's some sort of interest of somebody there that wants these people out. And, uh, you know, he'll show the leniency just like Democrats do with crime, no matter what the crime is now. Yeah, it's disheartening. And it really, it hurts the thousands of families that have lost somebody, whether they were a first responder or a worker in the building or whether they were a plane in Pennsylvania or at the Pentagon, wherever you lost a loved one. And there are so many, you know, obviously details that we don't know and conspiracies around it, which we're not going to get into and who's involved and who's not involved. But the bottom line is these people were involved one way or another and they shouldn't see the light of day again. I mean, they should really be dead already. And, and, and all of the families and then not to mention the families that are suffering from the sickness because of the, the toxins that were down there. You know, uh, my lungs will never be the same. I, I don't I don't work as a paramedic anymore, and that's you know, one of the reasons. But it's it, it's it's just it's it's a disaster how this country uh, is now seeing these evil satanic bastards, yeah. and they're giving showing them leniency, and they're they're locking up grandma who walked around the Capitol and and comparing the two, and that should just offend everyone who was involved. In the, in the attacks, victims, uh, and the, their families, just that alone. Oh, you know, to even mutter January 6th and September 11th in the same sentence. Anybody who does that deserves to eat the uh, leg end of a chair. I like it. And I've, I've seen movies like that before. Um, you know, Resident Ghoul, and one of the reasons why we have so many uh, geopolitical catastrophes going on, around the world right now, Hillary Clinton, who's apparently not running for president, but has run herself out there to say that she's not while going on some pantsuit laden tour with her hideous looking daughter uh, (laughs) at all the times, you know, giving political commentary on the hottest takes, which leads everyone to believe that she is running for president. Jumped on with CNN State of the Fake Union on Sunday with the uh, host who kind of looks like a cat lady to talk about 9-11 and uh, domestic extremism. Let's hear her... uh, Fill everybody's head with lies. What's going through your mind today, 21 years later? Well, Dana, um, every uh, time we approach September 11th, I do think about 
everything that I saw, all the people that I met, the families of those who lost loved ones. So it is indelibly um, part of my uh, memories, and I feel grateful that um, we were able to come together as a country at that really terrible time. We put aside differences. I wish we could find ways of doing that again. Mm. We rebuilt New York. Uh, we have done our best to take care of the families that lost so much on that terrible day. And we have also, I think, um, been reminded um, about how important it is uh, to try to deal with extremism of oh. any kind. Uh, especially Christ. when it uses violence to try oh. to achieve political and ideological uh, goals. Oh. So like I'm one who thinks that uh, there are lessons still to be learned from what happened to us on 9-11 that we should be very aware of uh, during this time in our country and the world's history. Hopefully you she's uh, referencing the now confirmed thousands of unvetted yeah. possible Islamic radical extremists who have been allowed to come into this country unvetted since the fall of Afghanistan. Yeah, Hopefully she's, she's referencing that, but we all know that she's not. And she talked about her way of settling or resolving political differences. I think we all know how that ends. <laughs> well, that, that ends at the, uh, the back who end of a bullet. Week? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ask the guy who supposedly hung himself and then shot himself in the chest with a <laughs> shotgun. Oh, God, she's the worst. Yeah, like, unbelievable. She makes uh, uh, serial killers look like saints. You, you know, there was a lot of the same rhetoric going around. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security chief, cabinet member Alejandro Mayorkas, also gave a domestic violent extremist, uh, you know, worded, talk from ground zero which i thought was absolutely disgusting and uh here's the deal as we're going to segue into the next subject of our cold open we know that they have failed at everything they rigged and stole the 2020 presidential election they did things that instigated the hotness that january 6th got they completely removed all of those players from the chessboard and have ruined hundreds of lives by throwing them in jail for years without charging them with anything and, and treating them in the most inhumane ways possible. Uh, they have moved on to double jeopardy indict Steve Bannon, go after people in our orbit like unredacting and unmasking Cash Patel in the Mar-a-Lago raid. Then there was the Mar-a-Lago raid. We see uh, stuff that's going on. Christina Bob, great friend of the show, has been targeted. Boris Epstein, great friend of the show, has been targeted. In addition to that, now they're going after Trump-adjacent allies and groups. One of the raids, so let me just walk back a little bit. A lot of people broke with the news of the new FBI, U.S. Marshals, subpoena slash search warrants that happened supposedly on last Friday. Last Wednesday, we were doing some scheduling for the show, and we were talking to one of the people who manages a lot of the people in Trump world. Um, throughout the course of that conversation, they mentioned, did you hear that they're, and I'm quoting now, coming for Save America? I tried to poke and prod a little bit. I couldn't get any more information. Then we have Christina Bob on the show on Friday, and we talked about some of the things that were, you know, we always ask out of respect, is there anything literally we can't talk about? Because if somebody's going through, like, some kind of, like, literal legal thing where they... Lawyers might exchange paperwork that says, listen, you're going around doing this. This is what we're investigating. Then that person's legal team would advise them not to go around maybe using that exact wording when they're going anywhere. So Christina Bob said, 
anything to do with decertification. And again, tried to ask a little bit. And the only thing I got out of it was that they're coming for the Save America rally tour circuit. But no context. I did my digging over the course of the next day. Boom. Friday night comes along. Steve Bannon on Charlie Kirk's show talks about what happens with Boris. Tucker Carlson leads in an hour later on his show directly from that. And we're going to hear both clips talking about the stuff that happened. Long story short, regardless of when people broke it, this stuff happened throughout the course of the week. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday is when it was actually going on. And because I didn't know the exact context of everything, I couldn't really do much reporting on it on the show. I couldn't even circle back with Christina Bob on it just because it would just put her in in a spot that we don't want to put her in as not yeah. only a regular guest on the show, but she's one of our actual friends. I wrote a Substack over the weekend. I shot it out Monday before anybody could re-lead with it. Obviously, anybody that watched Tucker Carlson last night, his 15-minute cold open was all about it, and I've got a clip from that as well. Uh, but it basically talks about what the angle of the Department of Justice right now using the FBI, the U.S. Marshals, and any other law enforcement apparatuses that they could use to go and target any of these Trump-adjacent allies. It's not just going to be the people who are former Trump administration officials. They're going to go after uh, PACs. They're going to go after donors. They're going to go after people who privately don't want to be public about supporting the Make America Great Again movement. My theory is, is that they're trying to take Donald Trump off of the Save America rally circuit tour. Um, we talked about it with Alan a couple weeks ago when he was on the show, how, how a subpoena would likely not remove Donald Trump from the show, but maybe a formal uh, federal investigation into Save America, which is the, kind of the super PAC apparatus, damn it, that funds these events as he goes around campaigning for these people. Um you know, is the platform he used to combat the legacy media and the Biden regime's narrative. And here's the thing. From what it looks like, I read a CNN article, a political article, and something from The Atlantic. So bear with me. I have to filter through all this bullshit. It looks like what they're trying to do is spin Save America as a counter to January 6th related stuff because they're saying Donald Trump is using Save America to go around the country in support of candidates who are going to get voted into office, specifically gubernatorials, the Kerry Lakes, the Doug Mastrianos, and then decertify the 2020 presidential election. And that's how they're kind of spinning it all into everything that's failed. The Philadelphia speech narrative failed. The uh, January 6th committee resounding failure, uh, right. you know, and, and all of these things. And it looks like right now their angle is going to be they're going to try and remove him from that circuit uh, solely for the purpose that he's going around and using it for, which is supporting the candidates which he endorsed so they could get into office and fix things moving forward. I honestly think, and it's because we talk to these people so much, saying the election was rigged and stolen is 100% fine. We've laid out every angle of fraud from here to the sun on this show. Blue wall states, historical stuff in Atlanta and Philadelphia, Zuckerbucks, drop boxes, 2,000 mules, free-for-all mail-in ballots, um, you name it, and, and then the repression of the October surprises, the Ashley Biden diary and the Hunter Biden laptop, which you, we all know now the Department of Justice and the FBI coordinated with places like Facebook and Twitter to completely erase them from social media and remove the element of an October surprise. Those things right there are all real. Whether or not Donald Trump is campaigning to get these people in the place to fix stuff moving forward so drop boxes are removed, Zuckerbucks are removed, voter rolls are cleaned is completely fine. I don't think 
in my heart of hearts that Donald Trump is promoting these candidates to overturn the 2020 presidential election. I mean, I mean, when you look at it right now, Alan, we're in January of 2023 and we have an election in 2024, the general election for the president. Do you really think like it's worth the time and effort with all the stuff we need to work on before Donald Trump would hypothetically get back into office in 2025? Don't you think it would be counterproductive to do all this stuff to find amazing candidates like a Doug Mastriano, like a Kerry Lake and get them into office to waste their time on decertifying an election? I agree with you. I do at this point believe that it would be a waste of time that could be used to do other things to move the country forward and help American people. We know that 2020 was rigged, stolen. And I mean, you know, look, look at the, the Dominion voting machines as well. It's, I mean, it's happening in small county commissioner races. I did a segment on my show, DeKalb County, Georgia, a county commissioner where the Dominion machines didn't even pick up the person that was running for office and her husband, not right. one vote in her precinct. I mean, it's wild. But yes, I think it would be a big waste of time. Uh, uh, James Curry and I spoke about this on uh, Monday Madness. James, great friend radio. of the show, by the way. Yep. Well, we, we, we have a disagreement on this, and he actually is, um, he thinks, I mean, he, he supports that great governors uh, getting elected like Carrie Lake and Doug Mastriano to come in to do the decertification of the election. And I'm, I'm of the feeling that I believe at this point, like you Ron, that it is a waste of time. We need to move forward. We need to get America first candidates in yep. and they're going to, I, can you smell the desperation in the yes. air with the DOJ and the yes. left is doing? I mean, it's unbelievable. Going after save America is something that I didn't even foresee. Cause we, last time you run Alan, we like went back and forth about how could they remove Donald Trump from this? And, and we were talking about his answering the call, which was his response to the FBI raid. And then the Joe Biden, the pedo Hitler speech. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was one of those things where like, it doesn't matter what they do to him because Unfortunately, everyone on the radical progressive left knows that just about every Saturday and, uh, you know, night a month and now soon to be Fridays and Saturdays moving forward towards the general election. Uh, he's going to go up there for two hours and completely refute to tens of thousands of people live and literally millions of people. They had almost two million people watching the uh, Pennsylvania rally. That's not including everyone that went and watched it afterwards, uh, telling them exactly what the real narrative is. And I just think, like, listen, we are never going to forget about what happened in 2020. Uh, no. They used the guise of COVID to do all the other stuff. We saw the Time article that we share from time to time, the coordination from former Obama administration officials that worked with, like, big tech, uh, the national um, uh, teachers unions, and uh, all the labor unions across the United States. They did every single thing they could at the same time to steal that election from Donald Trump. It is an unequivocal right. fact. However, in my frank and unprofessional opinion i think the 2020 presidential election will have an asterisk next to it uh, the likes of way like barry bonds hitting over 80 home runs uh in the juice <laughs> ball era did that's or the dodgers winning the world series uh in the covid shortened season that's yeah. the asterisk you're gonna get and and, that, and right now just because of where we are chronologically listen if this was uh in, in the back end of 2021 i'd be way more for it Right. But you even see people out there looking for like election integrity, like all the people like Mike Lindell and all the stuff that yes. are all the people that are fighting like uh, Janelle Branchin in Wisconsin. These people are fighting for elections moving forward because they don't they know if they don't fix it now, it's going to happen again. And uh, I think that's the tell 
with Donald Trump and these amazing endorsements, especially in, in the governor's races. Uh, but yes. Carrie Lake and Doug Mastriano has, have a lot of work to do. Doug Mastriano has to declare a war on crime. Carrie uh, Lake has to declare a war on the cartels. And, and, you know, they've got so much other stuff to fix in just a year after they're inaugurated before we're getting ready to, to host a presidential election again in states that had a lot of problems. So that that's kind of where we're at. And that's kind of where our Substack went with it. If you haven't read it on any of our social medias, there's a link tree. It links you right to the Substack. If you're on any of our social media, scroll down. I've shared it a couple of times. Hopefully, Alan has shared it as well. And uh, you know, yeah, we'll- you can get it on my Facebook page and everything. Really quick, Ron. Go ahead. You say that, uh, that you know they want to stop. They want to stop Donald Trump from holding these Save America rallies yeah. or be part of it. it. To me, I don't see how they can. I mean, uh, you know. Even an indictment for, for uh, you know, the Mar-a-Lago garbage, I don't see how that would stop him. And I, I don't I don't believe he would stop. I think it would embolden him and he would come out even harder and, and use it to his advantage. I believe that when he gets indicted, because I believe he will mm-hmm. for nonsense, that he will use that. He's so clever and smart that he will use that to his benefit. And I feel that the more and more the DOJ keeps coming after Trump world and Trump and the more the 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 federal agencies are weaponized, I believe more people are opening their eyes, especially Democrats. No, I I, I agree with you. And I, I think that's a great point. The 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 meat and potatoes of the substack says the Department of Justice wants to, like, figuratively put police tape around save america the pack that funds these things and once you do that this rally circuit costs millions of dollars and now they're starting like when you start to break it down save america basically started with the stop the steal rally and it kind of morphed into the pack which it is now which supports donald trump's you know trips all over the country to support the america first candidates which he's endorsed but they're saying like oh kimberly guilfoyle got like sixty thousand dollars to introduce don jr who got like a hundred thousand dollars to speak at so-and-so event and it's just like this stuff is absolutely ridiculous. Every time somebody like Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama walks on stage and waves to a crowd at a speaking event, they're getting hundreds of thousands yes, of dollars. So to say any of that other stuff was just, you know, absolutely ridiculous and beyond the parameters of reality. But I do want to jump in with some of these audio clips. Here's the ones from Friday. We'll listen to uh, Steve Bannon, Papa, Papa Bannon, jumping on Charlie Kirk's show, talking about some of the things that went on with the Department of Justice last week. The best days of my life. It was a very powerful spiritual day for me. It was uh, a lot of things were, you know, came into high clarity. It was, I was totally in the zone, as you say, in sports the entire time. And, uh, you know, they're not going to shut me up. We see it is, you saw from the demonic speech that Biden gave in Philadelphia, exactly. This is a dying regime. That was a primal scream. And here, what they're trying to do, no matter who it is, Donald Trump in Mar-a-Lago, there were 35 FBI raids yesterday, Right. Handing out, there's another grand jury on uh, coming together on Last January week. 6th. The, the Washington Post reported it. They just reported a couple of names. There were 35 senior members of MAGA, uh, Republicans, supporters of Donald Trump uh, that were, roll, you know, the FBI rolled in on, right? When they didn't need to do it. Remember, all these people have lawyers. All their lawyers are very well known. No, the jackbooted Gestapo has got to show up at their door and, uh, and make a big display of this. So there's so much going on that people don't even know at so many levels on yeah, uh, so, trying to well, people in, in bankruptcy, trying to deplatform them, oh, yes. all of it. And quite frankly, I think that's what's so powerful about you guys having this great 
Reset Conference, because this is really what it's about. This is this globalist apparatus. That's right. This is the American arm of that, the Biden regime. And what they're trying to do is shut down everybody, whether it's Alex Jones, Charlie Kirk, Steve Bannon, Tucker Carlson, Donald Trump. (laughs) They're trying to use lawfare, financial terrorism, uh, you know, everything legally and quite frankly, up to assassinations. That's why they're swatting people uh, like crazy. So we got our work cut out for us. And if we blink, if you blink, it's over. So screw them. I spit right in their eye. I could mm. care less. We're coming. We're rolling, and we're rolling hard, baby. It's the only way to fight them. Steve, can you reiterate that? You said there were 35 FBI raids yesterday. I consider myself well-read. I didn't see that anywhere. Can, can you elaborate on that? I've been reported. I'm breaking that news right here. There, if you oh. go to the Washington Post story, I think Josh Dossie's story, if, you're, if your staff pulls it, Charlie, they mentioned, I think, five names, Boris Epstein being one of them, yeah. but uh, I think there's five people. There were 35. 35 FBI went to 35 yesterday. All these people have lawyers. They all know who the lawyers are. Uh, they didn't want. They didn't serve uh, these subpoenas to the lawyers. They want to make a big display of it. They want to take a bunch of their devices. They want. This is the FBI trying to roll in and trying to be muscle. Yep. Right. This is the Gestapo. This is a Gestapo attack. Look, this is all about intimidation. Whether it's a whether it's what they did with me yesterday, what they're doing with Alex Jones, what they're doing with other people to de- debank them to make sure that they can't fund their operations. Uh, if it's uh, if it's uh, Trump, look a president of the United States, a completely totally illegal raid of which a judge said was an illegal raid. The judge's opinion says I don't trust the, the Justice Department and the FBI. To be fair, that's a federal judge. Okay, you see it all over in thirty five. Members of MAGA, the Republican Party, people close to Donald Trump were uh, were rolled in on yesterday by the FBI with these intimidation tactics. They just don't normally what you would do here, Charlie, is you would go to their lawyer and say, hey, we want to know when's a t- can you accept service of a subpoena? Can you accept service of this? Or we may want to talk to you about certain of your devices. And can we work something out? No, they didn't do that. They go with the jackboots and they kick down the doors and they bang on the doors and they roll in people to intimidate them. To make sure that they sit there and go, oh, oh what do you want? Uh, you know, I'll do anything, et cetera. Well, these people didn't. And this is the FBI. The FBI is the Gestapo right now. I know they hate when I say that, but they're the Gestapo. We're not going to back off calling with the Gestapo because they have Gestapo-like tactics. <laughs> Here's my point. They're losing. They're yep. only trying to use this, uh, this uh, national security state muscle because they know they're not winning. And quite frankly, when you do things like the Great Reset this weekend and get young Mm -hmm. people up to speed on what's going on, that drives them even more insane. So, hey, Turning Point's going to be a target, a big league target. Okay, so just... He should have said, you know, you you didn't hear about it yet, Charlie, but just wait, your door's getting knocked on next. (sighs) Again, the desperation. Yeah. Smell it in the air. And another thing that's in our subspat stack, one of the things that I hypothesize on is I feel like they're going to do stuff to people like Charlie Kirk, like Steve Bannon, like Peter Navarro, like Boris Epstein, that they wish they could do to Donald Trump. They're going to make political and 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 you know legal examples out of them for stuff that ninety nine point nine seven percent of this stuff is not saving you from COVID. It's protected by your First Amendment right. And just because the fact of the matter is, is the, this Department of Justice is trying to say if you have a platform where people can listen to the things that are protected by the First Amendment, they're no longer protected by it because now you're influencing them. But Joe right. Biden could supposedly go up and talk to in front of the nation at, at, at one of our you know most historically important places on the planet. Uh, you know, where they signed the Constitution in, in Philadelphia and tell everybody that 125 million people are domestic violent extremists. It's Fucking ridiculous. All right. When are they going to go after the people in charge over at 
Truth Social and the people in charge over at Getter. Well, I don't know for, if I don't know if you've seen it yet, but uh, you know, Truth Social now we're we're going into month three where they have been denied from the Google Store. Uh, yes. You can you can pre-download the app, but they're not doing it because they said there's not enough. Believe it or not, censorship and regulation against stuff that people are saying on there. Yes. And, uh, and you know, it people will also need to know, Roan, actually, you know, and, and you have a, a large listenership and you talk about that often. So you don't need an Android to be on Truth Social. And yep. I'm finding that a lot of people still don't know this. And I'm I'm not understanding, especially now, why Truth Social is not advertising this more where you can go to truthsocial.com and you can make an account on a desktop and then you can go to your web browser on your phone. And you take that, you take it, and you pin it to your homepage. Yep. So all you have to do is press on the tab, and it opens up and operates exactly like the app. I have a Droid, and that's how I use Truth Social. Yeah. And so I, the 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 web based app is actually in real time a little bit more updated than than the uh, well the iPhone app for me. Yeah. So the timeline and stuff like that, I think it's uh, well. Devin's talked about it every time he's come on the show, and I mean they Good. they they I don't know how much marketing they have right now because of the. Initial success they had in, in, in the iTunes store, but they're going to need to start marketing it a little bit more if they plan on, uh, you know, promoting it moving forward, especially if it doesn't look like they're going to be able to get in Google anytime soon. But they're going to keep coming after those platforms, yep. if not harder now, especially Getter, because, you know, all of us MAGA Republicans that are on there spreading all of this extremism and everything else that they want to shut us down. They want to shut people down with platforms you know we don't have platforms like steve bannon but we have decently sized platforms are they gonna how low are they gonna go as far as coming after people that are whether they're trump supporters or conservative type podcasts when are they gonna start coming after us no you make a whole lot of sense uh i promised i was gonna play all the clips from friday he's her meet dylan trump adjacent lawyer jumping on tucker carlson to talk about some of the stuff that happened last week as well so a Fox News alert for you, a remarkable story. We don't know the full parameters of it, but apparently we did. The FBI has launched a full scale purge of supporters of Donald Trump. That would be Joe Biden's likely opponent in the coming presidential election. And that purge has intensified significantly today. So Steve Bannon just said that yesterday alone, the FBI raided the homes of dozens of Trump allies. We want to get to the bottom of this story. He said that on Charlie Kirk's show today. We've been trying to run it down ever since. We reached out to Harmeet Dillon, who says she's got some information on this. She's managing partner of the Dillon Law Group. Uh, Harmeet, thanks so much for coming on. What is the truth? Well, the truth is that a few days ago, a political reporter called several people and said, hey, have you heard or have you been served yet? The FBI is going to be serving 50 approximately search warrants and or subpoenas on Trump supporters. And then, you know, within 24 hours of that, two of our clients, three of our clients actually did either get search warrants or subpoenas. And these subpoenas are extremely broad. They're from the capital siege section of the United States uh, Department of Justice's uh, D.C. office. And they ask for broad categories of documents. They ask for all communications dating from a month before the election until a month, two months after the election. And they ask for all communications regarding uh, dozens of people. And the categories are alternate electors, uh, fundraising around irregularities around the election, 
and also a, a, a rally that happened before the January 6th uh, situation at the Capitol. So the Save America rally that happened. And so basically most of this activity, if not all of it, is protected by the First Amendment. And the United States Department of Justice is telling reporters about these search warrants and subpoenas before they're executed. There's no other explanation for this. And I think the reason for this is to instill fear into Donald Trump supporters and into those who would challenge election irregularities right before an upcoming election, Tucker. So this is really outrageous abuse by the DOJ, and it is illegal for the DOJ to leak this information to the media, Tucker. Imagine that. If you alone have three personal clients who've been raided, then it tells you the scale. I can't believe decent liberals are sitting back and allowing this to happen. This will wreck the country, and they're saying nothing about it. It's really shocking to me. Hermes- Sounds like a lot of the conversations I told you that we had last week, Hyon. Huh, yep, exactly like it. You know, if I didn't, if I didn't have such a great respect, admiration, uh, admiration, and friendship with our, uh, you know, friends who who frequent this show, right. I, I would one hundred percent have ran with it last week. But I needed to get all of my information together. Uh, Harmeet Dillon followed up with a tweet. Um, and this was, you know, that night. Why is the DOJ leaking grand jury materials to press and opening up uh, contrived investigations into the protected First Amendment activities? Peaceful rallies, alternate elected, alternate electors, the Save America PAC fundraising. Dems in the January 6th congressional hearing kangaroo court is about to end. Um, she would go on to say that they're stirring the pot and trying to avoid talking about Biden-Harris failures. That is the play. Um, borders, inflation, high energy prices. The, the, the GDP for quarter three came out today, 83 to 8.6%. Recession confirmed, now it's three straight quarters. High energy prices, drug addiction, national angst against malaise and America's sinking stature in the world, failed leadership. Pick some enemies and punish them. Any pretext will do. That's where kind of Harmeet went with that one, and I, I completely agree with her. It's one of those things where, listen, when you just... Walk outside of your house and see everything that's fucked up from your kids' low test scores to how much you pay at the gas pump to the stuff you can't afford anymore and the shit you can't find on the empty shelves. Wow, 5 million illegals will have crossed into this country since January of 2021 by the end of this year. And no one believes in us leadership-wise anywhere across the world anymore. All they want to do is talk about how Donald Trump fundraises money to support his PAC, to support the rally circuit, to go around and campaign for the candidates that are going to help fix this country. Good thing, though, Josh Hawley jumped on with Sean Hannity last night. I pulled a clip from it because they were talking about what's been going on behind the scenes at the DOJ on the good guy side while all of this crap was going on last week. Let's hear it. Right now, who are good, honest people in government, and they can't believe what this administration's doing. And you bet, Merrick Garland and his corrupt leadership at DOJ is telling these people, you sit down and shut up. He's basically threatening them. And listen, these folks, whistleblowers, are protected under federal law. They are explicitly protected. And what we see is, once again, the Biden team saying, no, we're not going to abide by the law if it, if it uh, doesn't suit us. And they're trying to squelch these whistleblowers. They're trying to shut it down so they can continue to abuse our criminal justice system and abuse these institutions well, for their this. own political gain. It's wrong. Are these whistleblowers talking about people within the FBI protecting the Biden family and more specifically Hunter Biden and the information on his laptop? 
stop? Uh, are these whistleblowers also talking about the large extent of investigations into parents uh, that speak out at school board meetings? Uh, are these whistleblowers out there talking about how if there's anything Donald Trump, there's a separate system of justice in the Department of Justice? There it is. Are they saying those things? I think we're seeing all of the above, Sean, and I can just tell you like from that. the whistleblowers that I've seen from Senator Grassley who have come to him about how the FBI is being abused, how this Justice Department is, is using it to go after Trump, how they're using it to try to shield Hunter Biden. We've had whistleblowers come forward and say the Biden administration lied about the Afghan refugees, that we actually have hundreds, hundreds of potential terrorists in this country because they didn't Thousands. vet the Afghan Thousands. refugees. They brought them into the country and just released them. We've had, we've had whistleblowers come forward about how DHS lied about the disinformation board. It's across the board, Sean. I mean, we're seeing this in all the different agencies. And the consistent theme is the Biden people are abusing the law, they're abusing the procedures, and they're doing it to go after their political opponents. They're doing it to try to cover their own tracks, and it's wrong. Do you think Director Ray of the FBI and do you think the Attorney General are up to their job? No, no, they both, neither of them are. Both of them should go. They should both have, have resigned a long time ago. They should have been fired. And as to the attorney general, I believe that he should be removed if he will not step down. Perfect. Mayorkas, Garland, Biden, impeached. Yep. Christopher Ray, step down or you're going to be fired. It's, it's, it's where we're at. And, and this is out of control. Thank God there are still people with some kind of any kind of integrity in those organizations, whether it be the Department of Justice, the U.S. Marshals, you know, working down on the southern border, the FBI, et cetera, who are going literally at the risk of their families by going and whistleblowing to people in Congress. You are literally removing yourself from your current job as a federal employee and moving into the category of you're going to be treated the same way as someone who was arrested for participating in January 6th. Literally, that's the way yes. it is. And it, it's one of those things where we can't look at it any other way. And, and it just, you know, is absolutely a damn shame. Following up on my Substack, hopefully, and running with it as part of his cold open last night, Tucky led in with uh, the follow-up and kind of wrap-up to this segment right now as we, we kind of you know all encompass the things that happened last week. We got a little bit of the 9-11 uh, anniversary remembrance in there as well, and uh, let's hear him talk about where we are in real time with this investigation. This show has obtained a subpoena from Eric Garland's DOJ issued in the past week. And what it demands is both unlawful and without precedent in American history. The subpoena claims to be investigating, quote, any claim that the vice president and or president of the Senate had the authority to reject or choose not to count presidential electors. Mm. Now, keep in mind that any claim you make as an American citizen about electors, any claim you make about American politics, period, is protected explicitly under the First Amendment. That's our core freedom. It's why we live here. It's why we're proud to be Americans. It's why so many American servicemen died protecting our country. Those he are the was, freedoms that they night. fought to preserve. That's yeah. why nobody prosecuted leading Democrats in 2016 yep. when they sought to reject electors for Donald Trump. Right. It's why none of those people, including Kamala Harris, is now in jail. But right now, <laughs> according to the subpoena that we have obtained, Merrick Garland's DOJ is demanding all communication from the following people on this topic. And let's be clear before we read their names that it is not clear what the investigation is actually about. And that's the most terrifying part. What is this? On what grounds are you demanding my private communications with people? They never say. But included 
in this precedent-breaking sweep of political opponents of the Biden White House would be former White House advisor Bernie Carrick, who is mm. the former police commissioner of New York City, Boris Epstein, who is the current attorney for Donald Trump. Yep. At no time in American history has it been okay to grab the personal communications of someone's lawyer, because those are privileged. Not anymore. Matt Morgan, Justin Clark, Kenneth Chesbrough, Mike Roman, RNC official Joshua Finley, Trump attorneys John Eastman, Jenna Ellis, Joe DeGeneva, James Troupas, Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, Victoria Tenzing, Cleta Mitchell, yeah. Bruce Marks. We could go on and on and on and on. Stephen Miller. The DOJ Christina is now Bob. going after former White House official Stephen Miller, frequent guest on this show with a subpoena. Why? Well, it could be because Stephen Miller went on this network and said, quote, if we win these cases in the courts, then we can direct the alternate state of electors are certified. In other words, he didn't call for an elect insurrection, much less violence or a coup. He called for alternate electors to be seated if the court ordered them to be seated. In other words, he was following the constitutionally prescribed process yep. post-election. He was doing what he's supposed to do. He was following the rules. But under Joe Biden, that apparently is now a crime. And by the way, every one of these people has to hire lawyers to defend him or herself. And a lot of them at this point, after two years of harassment by Joe Biden, can't afford it. In addition, we should say, we've obtained the subpoena. Uh, this subpoena goes on to demand the communications from dozens of other Republicans and people who have spoken to them, including State Representative Jake Hoffman in Arizona, Republican National Committee member Kathleen Burden in Michigan, yep. former U.S. Representative Lou Barletta in the state of Pennsylvania, and Republican State Party Secretary James Graffenfreud in Nevada, among dozens. You know, another one of the things that they're not really reporting on the news but is 100% factual, a lot of these subpoenas have the language in it. If you promoted the notion that then-Vice President Mike Pence had any power, and they're wording it as like to overturn the election, not send the electors back to the states for further right. investigation, not to see if courts would approve the insertion of alternate electors, not any of that stuff, just if you walk around essentially calling Mike Pence Judas and saying that he didn't do his job on January 6th, which isn't the case. Uh, well, he definitely didn't do his job, but the fact of the matter is I don't think anybody's going around saying Donald Trump didn't get elected in 2020 because Mike Pence didn't do his job. That, that notion right there couldn't be further from the truth. There are so many other things that connect the dots back to Mike Pence that what he could have possibly did to make that like an even remotely legitimate statement. They're just trying to build their own narrative. And, and they're all trying to, to, to give a little bit of last-minute relevancy to the January 6th committee, which is about to be ended anyways. Uh, we go to the ballot box in 57 days, and, you know, by, by November uh, 9th, 2022, we, we will know that we have the numbers to, to essentially end the January 6th committee. So this is the final throngs of an administration yeah, that's about to lose power. For decades, this this I really do believe that this is start of the red tsunami. This is start of what will usher in decades of nationalist, populist, uh, you know, people voted into office, followed by presidents. Moving forward, uh, we're going to see a lot more prosperous nation. But there is still two months left of the hardest work that our listenership, people that listen to Alan Show, people that listen to War Room and Charlie Kirk and Jack Basobic, listen, we don't always love their narratives. We don't always love the boomer takes that Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram give on their shows. It's just like accepting the, the candidates who didn't win in districts that you wanted to. We don't like Mike Crispy, but we'd rather have 
Chris Smith than, than a radical progressive. We don't like Corey Mills, but we'd much rather have him than a radical progressive and flip that seat. And we, we didn't know candidates like General Bullock up in New Hampshire and Caroline Levitt, who's running in New Hampshire, won today. Make sure you get out and vote if you're listening to the show in the afternoon. Critical last of the primary season in New Hampshire today. Granite Staters, go out there and do your job. We need all of these candidates in there to do the job that we need them to do. Alan, you got any final words before we cut with you? Just so everybody knows. We do love Mike Crispy. We love him. We are Mike Crispy and joiners, enjoyers on Steak for Breakfast. I'm going to be joining him next Wednesday on his show, and, and he's going to be coming back real soon to do some of the news with us, just like you do, Alan. Why don't you tell everybody that doesn't already follow The Great Divide and all the stuff you've got going on, where they could find you. This is the first show where we uh, launched our partnership with you, uh, hopefully going to bring in some new customers for the Patriot Cigar Company, and uh, awesome. we love all the stuff you're doing, and I think our listenership enjoys when you come on the show. Well, thanks, Ron. Yeah, you can get me over on Truth Social, The Great Divide Podcast. Same on Instagram, The Great Divide Podcast. I'm on every platform you can download from The Great Divide Podcast with Alan Jacoby. I'm over on Facebook and uh, the website, The Great Divide Podcast. I'm sorry, The Great Divide 1776.com. I'm like broken glass. I'm everywhere. It's hard to keep track where I am. Just Google me. You'll find me. And uh, always a pleasure. Well, live link. You are showing the description today in your social medias. We're going to live link the Patriot Cigar Company in our generic, uh, you know, on, a, on all of our shows now as we, we can't wait to help you and your small American business thrive. And, and like I said, we, we really enjoy when you come on the show and, and spend some time with us. I appreciate it. And don't forget, everybody, promo code STEAK to get some great cigars at mypatriotcigars.com. Mm. <laughs> I love the sound of small American businesses. This is the host of The Great Divide, one of our great friends, one of my personal great friends, Mr. Alan Jacoby. Thanks for joining us today on Steak for Breakfast. Thanks, Ron. Joining us first on the show today, he comes in hot in a lot of places. You usually can see him on War Room. Today you're hearing him on Steak for Breakfast. Mr. Boris Epstein, thanks for joining us again today. It's a pleasure to be here, team. You're absolute stars. You continue to come in hot and bringing, bringing the heat all over the country. So thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. We are doing the best work we can here, which is shadows in comparison to the amount of hard work you're out there doing. Sir, you've, you're running around for these midterm elections probably more than anybody else. No one's dialed into every campaign, every House seat, senator and governor that's running across the country right now. Huge election today in the Granite State of New Hampshire. We've got great candidates, Don Bolda, Caroline Levitt, to name a few that are on the ballot. What can you tell us about the update on uh, where we sit election season? So, you know, as you said, Vermont, uh, New Hampshire today, Vermont already happened. Vermont had a great, great result, great MAGA result there for Major Malloy. Yep. New Hampshire today, I think the, I think General Bolduck looks like he's got it in the in the Senate race. You know, very exciting to see what happens going forward. But, you know, feeling very, 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 very optimistic about it. So that's New Hampshire. I think it's going to be a little, it'll be close to the House side between Carolina and Matt Mowers. So we'll see what the result is there. But very interesting race, there's no doubt about it. Overall, MAGA continues to be ascending. MAGA's on the rise. You had huge wins in Arizona for MAGA, but with Kerry Lake, of course, and uh, and and Blake Masters, Eli Crane as well. You had big wins all, all over the country. President Trump had his endorsement, you know, going back throughout the season, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, and the President Trump's endorsements have been absolutely dominant, and they continue continue to be so. It's exciting to see, and it's it's extremely extremely enthusiastic you know enthusiastic out there for the president. And since the unprecedented, un misguided, and wrongful raid and breaking of his home, you've seen the heat go only higher amongst the strong strong MAGA base. You know, that's one of the things I want to talk to you about. It's been on a lot of people's minds. A lot of people have been asking us on social media. We put out a Substack yesterday about it. 
listen, this Department of Justice and an FBI, U.S. Marshals, whoever is at the direction of Joe Biden and who's ever controlling him right now, has laser focused their their targets on on Save America. We saw Donald Trump answer the call in Pennsylvania, uh, which refuted the FBI raid, which counted the narrative of Joe Biden's divisive speech in Philadelphia, and really resonated with millions of people watching and thousands of people in attendance of what's really going on in this country, Boris. How can we know moving forward, we've got a huge rally on Saturday night, that the FBI and the DOJ that's targeting Save America right now in the rally circuit isn't going to be able to, uh, you know, knock the president off of this speaking event tour? Well, here's what you got to know. President Trump continues to stand tall. He hasn't taken one inch back. He's continuing to bring the heat and uh, and stand up for this country, stand up for this movement, stand up for America. And, and he's going to keep doing that. It will not be deterred. I can tell you that firsthand. The president's not going to be pushed pushed back by this uh, weaponization of law enforcement. He's only going to continue uh, to, to stand taller and taller and taller for the American people. And you see you know, everybody. It's not just MAGA. You've seen, you know, establishment conservatives. You've seen yep. even some liberals come out and now here for mainstream media, a lot of negativity toward uh, you know toward what uh, what is going on with the targeting of political opponents. So uh, the the strength continues uh, to grow. Uh, MAGA continues to grow aggressively, and I think you're going to see that now turn uh, turn to full on heat as we march toward the the November eighth elections and uh, the midterm elections here in less than two months. Yeah, which is which is where I want to segue to. After today, we're going to have well north of 200 Trump-endorsed candidates heading into the general election season. The time for that is short. We sit at 57 days until everyone goes out to uh, cast their vote. We've seen some things, some funny business going on from the radical progressive left, namely in places like Alaska, that ranked choice voting is the new way to counter uh, MAGA's day of voting huge turnouts with splitting the ticket between someone that may be inserted by the left or even the establishment to run against a MAGA candidate. You have MAGA winning almost 62% of the vote in, in, the, in the special election for uh, Don Young's seat, and then you have someone who gets 36% of the vote get to sit in the House seat until you know November. In addition to that, we already see a lot of the legacy media outlets out there championing the end of the red wave, possible blue tsunamis, all things that we know are not true. When you look at these numbers, the polls are as close as they are, and the polls have been so off. We, we did some analysis anywhere between five and nine points in most legacy media polls that favored Dems in all the elections since 2015. What are some of the things that you could do to encourage our listenership that what, come November 8th, these over 200 candidates, President Trump's message, the, what's going to happen in Congress next year is still all systems go. No doubt about it. Well, you cannot allow the suppression polls to impact. You cannot allow the the mainstream legacy media who's working at cahoots with the Democrats to have a, to have any sort of effect, any sort of impact. Just look around the country. Look at the strength of President Trump's rallies. Look at the strength of the rallies for the candidates. Look at how look at how the high the turnout has been yep. for the MAGA endorsed candidates all across the country. That's all you need to know. And then and through that you see the great overwhelming impact, overwhelming impact of of MAGA of President Trump. On elections, and again, look, you know, look at uh, Michigan with Christina Caramo, Matt DePerna, Tudor Dix, and others. You know, look all across the country. What you see is that when 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 President Trump uh, puts you know puts his endorsement behind somebody, puts his support behind somebody, when there's when when there's a strength of the MAGA base, those those candidates win. You're going to see it again in New Hampshire tonight with uh, with Don Bolduc. That's yep. somebody who's being outspent, you know, tens tens to one, but he's likely going to win because of the strength of our base. 
Yeah, Don Moldak was on the show with us not too long ago, and he says he, he spent money on one commercial to combat the entire machine of the Republicans he was up against in the primary, and he was already looking forward to his general election opponent, and it seemed like he's more than well-equipped. Uh, surprising to, to, to rise to the top there and is going to have a real dogfight, but I see that uh, being a winnable and flippable seat over there in New Hampshire. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Maggie Hassan, somebody who's weak. She's not, you know, she's not liked. She's not respected nope. by her constituents. She doesn't speak for her constituents. So you've seen, you know, there's polling out there now that shows Bolduc, you know, within just a handful of points of her. So it's going to be close, going to be tight. And, but as long as MAGA comes out, as long, as long as, you know, our base coalesces behind candidates, we are going, you know, we are going to be winning these seats. You know, you, you're seeing, um, you, you're seeing Herschel do much better in, in Georgia. You're seeing against Warnock. You're seeing Oz do much better in Pennsylvania. You got you've got JD Vance doing doing well against Tim Ryan and Blake Masters effectively uh, tied with you know astronaut Mark Kelly who we got to send back to space. So uh, you know the the, the and, and let's look at and Nevada is another one, right? Yes. You got Laxall who's who's either tied or up a little bit against uh, you know against the Democrat incumbent there. So a ton of pickup opportunities uh, for uh, for, uh, for MAGA Republicans all across the country in the Senate. I think we're going to take the House in a big way, and I think we've got a great shot at the Senate. Yeah, and you know when you look at just the numbers that have come out today, and the inflation rate for this quarter is going to be between eight point three and eight point six percent. How can just the average non-MAGA voter, the 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 not radical progressive left Democrats, the moderate independents, the people that know every time they leave the house there's rampant crime, what their kids are being taught in school, uh, you see gas prices, things you can't afford to do with your family or put your kids in anymore, empty shelves at the grocery store, and knowing that there's a solution that comes on November eighth, how can they not? be inclined to go and vote for these candidates who are literally running on the platform to be able to stop the things going on. Just before we jumped on today, I was watching the White House press conference and they asked uh, KJP what she thought about the inflation rates out and, and where's the uh, benefits from the Inflation Non-Reduction Act. And she said, well, we all need to understand that this bill that was passed is historic. And that was the end of her statement. Yeah, it's historic. Historically bad. <laughs> historically a boondoggle. Historically a disaster. You know, th this administration is the is, is not rivaled in its weakness. Not rivaled in how much it's failed the American people. You know, the illegitimate illegitimate Joe Biden. You look at him on nine eleven. He's out there in front of the Pentagon screaming. Yep. He's not working for the American people. He's screaming. He's angry. He's angry because the American people disdain him. And everything he does is not for their benefit. I mean, we're sending billions and billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine. Look at our inner cities. Look at Camden. Look at New York. Look at Philadelphia. Look at Chicago. Look at our inner – look at Phoenix and some places – America is struggling. America is in a bad place, and instead of helping America, you know, Joe Biden wants to help Ukraine. wants to wants to do business, you know, good good business that's good for China, not for us. It's, it's draining the strategic uh, petroleum reserve. We've got a huge problem in this country. We've got drastic, vital issues in this country. We need real broad shoulders to fix those problems. And those are the shoulders of President Donald J. Trump. Exactly. You know, it's great that you mentioned those inner cities. San Diego, where, where we live, it's I wouldn't even consider it having much of an inner city. They have a downtown, you know, a business district and stuff like that. I took my family to a baseball game this Sunday, Boris. We went downtown San Diego to see, you know, the Padres play just to get them out. End of summer, fun. We, we, we got some good tickets. And I had to pay $50 for parking because it was literally tent cities. There were syringes, people sleeping, people having sex on the street. And that's San Diego. San Diego. Every, it's supposed to be America's beautiful, most beautiful city. That's what it's tabbed as. And I couldn't park 
anywhere in public parking because I didn't want my kids around it. I, I told my wife in the car, I said, what do you want to do? You want to get out of the car and have one of these people start yelling in our faces and then we have to, to deal with them with our two kids there? It's just absolutely atrocious. And then when you talk about places like Washington, D.C., Chicago, Philadelphia, our historically important you know cities to this country, they're virtually unlivable. You can't go out anywhere on the streets these days and not worry about getting mugged, raped, killed, ran over, you name it, and, and it just is not getting any better. No, it's a scary time in our country, and it's all, you know, you got the Soros-funded prosecutors, the DAs, all they want to do yep. is uh, is attack, uh, you know, attack our people, attack our cities. You know, they don't want to protect them. you got the cashless bail now for everybody. And you know, look at what's happening in Illinois, Pritzker yeah. signing a bill that's just letting out murderers, rapists, whoever it is, out of jail. Democrats hate America. That's what it really appears to be. And they don't want to protect America, don't want to protect Americans. They want to protect, you know, other countries around the world, but they, they don't care about America. And then look at the divisive uh, divisive language coming out of Joe Biden and, yep. you know, calling MAGA, you know, terms that I'm not even going to repeat on your show. They're so despicable and disgusting. We've got to stand up for it. We've got to fight back. And as we do so, we are going to take our country back. And, as, you know, we're going to have huge wins in 22, House and Senate and state. And I feel as we Hope and expect when President Trump runs, we'll get him back in the White House at the latest, Jan 20, 2025. Oh, completely agree there. We think this is the beginning of what will be decades of getting this country back on the no right doubt. track and saving America. Boris, last thing I want to touch with you on, what can our listenership expect to hear from Donald Trump on Saturday? you got a huge rally, one of the biggest comparable tickets in the country. Arizona's got a great ticket. Pennsylvania, Georgia, they have great tickets. Ohio's got J.D. Vance running for a Senate seat. Amazing House candidates, frequenters of the show. Uh, J.R. Majewski is going to be rolling back here soon. So is Max Miller. Madison, Jesse Otto, also an amazing House candidate. What, what can we expect to hear from the president? You can expect absolute, unbridled American strength from President Trump. That's what he's going to give to the American people. That's what he's going to give the people of the great state of Ohio. It's, go, it's going to be a robust rally. There's no doubt about it. And you'll hear him talking about the border. You're going to hear President Trump talking about you know, how the strength of this country has been sapped from it by the Democrats, by Joe Biden, talking, you know, talking about inflation, of course, talking about the election that was stolen 2020 election that, that was rigged and stolen that we've got to take back and taking our country back altogether, preventing the weaponization of law enforcement, stopping the targeting of political opponents and standing up for what's right in America, American might, American strength, American greatness. Love it. Boris, if we're not already following you on social media, where can our listenership dial into you today? I appreciate it so much. BorisCP.com is my website. As you know, I'm coming in hot on BorisCP.com. I'm hot on Getter at BorisCP, on Twitter at BorisCP, hot on Truth Social at Boris, and the hottest on the gram, Boris underscore Epstein. Thank you so much. God bless you and your listeners, and I'll talk to you soon. Always a pleasure sitting down with you, one of the hardest working men in America. You came in hot, super, super hot on Steak for Breakfast today. Boris Epstein, thanks for jumping back on the show. Thanks so much. All right, joining us next on the show today, he's specializing in tech policy over at the Heritage Foundation. He's joining us for the first time. We're really excited to have this guest. Jake Denton, thanks for coming on Steak for Breakfast. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, the pleasure is all ours. How's everything going with you, sir? Uh, I can only imagine that your job's been busy since you joined the Heritage Foundation a couple weeks ago. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a pretty hectic start here. Uh, you know, so we recently have the, the Twitter whistleblower. We've got the leaked emails coming out, or I guess not leaks, but coming from the uh, depositions from Eric Schmidt out in Missouri. Uh, we've got a, a lot of content um, that we're kind of unpacking and sifting through right now. Yeah, you know, that's a story that's been developing, kind of went under the radar because of all the stuff the, the mainstream media is trying to uh, keep in the news. We've seen it in the legacy kind of for like the last week. We know that, uh, well, the January 6th committee was a failure. The primary election season for, you know, all things MAGA has been a 
resounding success now over 200 endorsements uh, of uh, the 45th president of the United States have now made it to the general election campaign with New Hampshire voting today. Um, you know, and, and we've seen the, the, the Joe Biden speech from from Philadelphia uh, about two weeks ago failed. The answering of the call of Donald Trump in Pennsylvania a few days later was a resounding success. And it kind of sent the, uh, you know, the Biden administration into crisis mode. We've seen some more raids, uh, subpoenas, search warrants and, and things of that nature as they're trying to really push back on the message that Donald Trump's trying to use to counter the current administration. Uh, the Elon Musk news. Uh, with Twitter in court, kind of went under the radar yesterday because of it. I saw a lot of the uh, legacy media, even on the conservative side, chose not to run with it. And then today there's some congressional hearings, which we'll talk about in a minute. What are some of the stuff you're specializing on right now since you joined Heritage? Yeah, a lot of my uh, focus is on data privacy, uh, you know, legislation that is going to make the user experience a lot safer. Uh, you know, as we see these things with Twitter's whistleblower and with uh, the emails coming from Eric Schmidt's uh, deposition in Missouri, yeah. uh, we're, we're seeing a, the users pretty much exposed and no one's looking out for them. Uh, the Twitter stuff today, which obviously we're going to get into, is quite alarming. The uh, extent to which the twi average Twitter employee can basically see everything about a user, their email, their phone number, and we find out today they can even geolocate the user. Um, and the most shocking is that they we don't even know who's doing it on the back end. If Twitter wanted to strike down and you know crack the whip, we don't even they don't know who the employees are that are pulling this information, and uh, it's basically unfettered access that these employees have. And so our main priority right now, and my main area of uh, kind of focus, is looking to basically make the experience for the user more safe online, make sure that they're not basically being abused by big tech. Um, and, and, you know, protect uh, dissenting opinions. I think that's one of the big things right now is the uh, the average dissenting opinion right now has no safety on the platform, uh, whether it be Facebook, Twitter. We saw that Facebook is, uh, you know, just coming down with the Biden regime. Um, so I think that's, you know, the main area of focus heading into uh, the next Congress is going to be making sure that the average American is protected online. Which is something that we're finding out as breaking news today that it's 100% not happening. We saw, um, you know, the the former Twitter security chief was up on Capitol Hill testifying today as part of a congressional inquiry led by Senator Chuck Grassley. I pulled a short clip from him. Let's kind of hear it in, in regards to that overall uh, cyber safety. I'm here today because Twitter leadership is misleading the public, lawmakers, regulators, and even its own board of directors. What I discovered when I joined Twitter was that this enormously influential company was over a decade behind industry security standards. Mm. The company's cybersecurity failures make it vulnerable to exploitation, causing real harm to real people. And when an influential media platform can be compromised by teenagers, thieves, and spies, and the company repeatedly creates security problems on their own. This is a big deal for all of us. Now, now although that might be a uh, generous ode to conservative election Twitter, later in his testimony, we found uh, out that an actual asset for the CCP, a high-ranking asset in the CCP, has been working at Twitter for, for a number of years. And even though there have been reports, allegations, and whistleblowers internally there, they've just kind of ignored it and allowed it to happen. Yeah, and then we also know that, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia was able to pull some information 
Uh, we also heard today that uh, India threatened to basically withhold market access yep. to Twitter. They didn't place some of their own people within Twitter. Um, and then, you know, the, the whistleblower goes out of his way to say that they don't even have the resources to combat against foreign infiltration. So those are the known instances. They don't even have the capabilities to weed out maybe, you know, more covert agents. Um, it's a testament to how bad things are that they're willing to be out in the open about having foreign agents. Uh, but, you know, it goes even makes you a little even a little more worried uh, to know that they don't have the capabilities to weed out uh, you know, the co- covert agents that might be within the ranks. Yeah. And as it's coming across the wire right now is breaking news. The Twitter shareholders have approved Elon Musk's forty four billion dollar buyout deal. Uh, that is breaking in the moment right now. It won't be breaking when the show airs later, but in regards to this interview right now, we're just getting it across the wire. What are some of the major headaches that Elon Musk is uh, looking to you know, kind of inherit when he takes over Twitter? We were talking offline before we went to recording, and, and one of the things you mentioned that's extremely concerning to me is the rogue employees that are working there on their way out, kind of just lighting everything on fire and heading out the door in regards to you know, everybody's personal information and cybersecurity. Yeah, so, I mean, Elon's taking on a beast right now. There's a million different problems he's got to tackle. And one that was revealed to us today in this hearing was that there's essentially 4,000, like half the Twitter workforce uh, has unfettered access to user data. And what I'm hypothesizing is that on the way out, a lot of these folks will go out of their way to, you know, make political moves, drop user data for, you know, more notable conservative anonymous accounts, uh, you know, the folks that uh, are maybe pushing the envelope a tad, uh, because there's basically no way to track who pulled what data. Uh, They know they're going to get out scot-free. They're going to get another cushy job somewhere in Silicon Valley. Um, So there's, they're incentivized essentially to make some big political splash um, so that's one thing that Elon is going to p- basically going to have to deal with in the early days. Uh, the other one, obviously, is the bot issue. Uh, we know that the bots are extensive. It's no secret. The extent to which is going to be something that Elon's going to have to tackle in particular. Um, and then, you know, the political use of bots heading into the midterms is going to be something that, um, you know, is going to require immediate action. He's only got, you know, less than 60 days to really sort through this political bot issue. Uh, there was a really great report from Daily Veracity a few months ago about the uh, kind of extent to which the Dem botnet, uh, this group called Demcast, is a bunch of former Obama Foundation uh, employees, people from the Obama admin. Yep. You know, they openly boast about over a billion impressions um, from their Dem botnet, and there's no action from Twitter. Uh, it's allowed to go on, and so those are some things right on the immediate to-do list for Elon. Uh, that he's going to have to tackle. It's going to make or break. You know, you talk often in politics about the first 100 days of a, a presidential administration. Elon's facing a very similar task. You know, it's uh, it's got probably 100 or so days to make sure this thing doesn't implode. Yeah, and, and the the unfortunate part is, is there's going to be a lot of people with a chip on their shoulder and, and an agenda to carry out who are leaving uh, Twitter currently that can uh, do things in just 57 days. We're heading to the ballot box for the midterm elections, probably one of the most critical midterm elections in the history of this country, uh, just because of where everything's at right now, everything from domestic issues to geopolitics and everything in between. Um, do you think that these people will have a major influence on, on you know, continuing to shadow ban and, and remove information that's going to uh, go against the America First agenda heading into the midterms? I mean, there is truly no limit to what they could shadow ban, how they could skew things. I think what we're learning the most from this Twitter whistleblower experience and kind of the broader 
um, unraveling of this kind of Silicon Valley apparatus is that no one has been watching, no one's been paying attention. It's tough to say how much they've been getting away with already. Um, but, you know, as the eyes kind of uh, start to pay attention on, you know, what these Twitter employees are doing, I think they're going to try and have one last bang, you know, where they kind of see what they can get away with. There's just not enough time for someone like Elon to come in, bring in his own people and overhaul this. Um, so I think they're probably going to view this as, you know, the last hurrah. And uh, I think there's no limit to what we could see in terms of shadow bans, account limitations, uh, you know, just outright uh, bans on Twitter, uh, Twitter accounts that are conservative profiles. Yeah, I, well, you make a great case there. We joke about it on the show all the time. We're currently on our 12th Twitter account since our show took off uh, just about four years ago. And, uh, you know, to the tens of thousands of followers and verified accounts who we've lost, they no longer get to see our message on a regular basis. We joked about it last week. We actually got a DM from uh, U.S. House Representative Tom Massey, who who followed us again, I think, for the fourth or fifth time. And he's like, is this you guys? I thought I was already following you. And I was like, oh, no, sir. Rest assured, it's us. This is just another new account. And, you know, rebuilding that followership is uh, is pretty difficult. And, and the amount of stuff that gets out there is... Uh, you know, very limited on the conservative side. It's it's interesting that you were mentioning those those whistleblowers. There was a back and forth between Senator Hawley and the, the former head of Twitter security today. I got a brief clip on it. I want to let our listenership hear. Systems in the da- when you say Twitter engineers could could tweet as anybody, tell me what that means. Uh, that meant a Twitter engineer understanding how the running systems and the data flows were operating could then access and inject or put forward information as, as I mentioned in my oral statement, uh, any of the senators sitting here today. And have you ever seen that happen? Not with the, no, not directly. You, not directly. Do you, are you concerned it has happened? Do you have some reason to believe it may have happened? The number of cases that were reported to me by individual uh, engineers saying, hey, we found this, I'm going to try and have somebody fix it where that was the exact problem and we wouldn't know if it had happened in the past. Yes, I am concerned. Wow. That, I think that's pretty significant testimony. So a lot of people know, well, everybody knows that Joe Biden doesn't tweet from his own personal account or the official POTUS account. But just say for the fact of the matter that if high-ranking Biden administration officials were close with people who were in, you know, the, the higher levels of Twitter and they wanted to get certain messages out, they're basically saying that those accounts could pretty much feed the accounts online with the message that they think the Biden administration wants to get out and probably in a less sloppy manner than let's just say if Joe Biden tweeted it himself. How crazy is that? I mean, it's truly mind boggling. You think back just what was it about a year ago where all these top accounts were compromised through one of those silly uh, Bitcoin wallet type of breaches. Uh, but that was, you know, a very limited instance. You know, most of the public was able to be like, all right, this is a, this is a fake tweet from a, a notable account. You know, they kind of wrote it off, but you think about the bigger ramifications of a coherent message coming from a Twitter employee on a verified account. I mean, you have real geopolitical implications that could come about from just a rogue uh, Twitter employee in Silicon Valley tweeting as the president or a senator, uh, this could spark a war. I mean, you, there's no limit to what Twitter could actually uh, amount to, right? If a, a coherent tweet comes from an account like that, you have to assume it's real. Um, and so I think what we're learning is that we can't allow these companies to just operate with no regulation. There has to be a true 
set of guidelines, codes, rules that these companies have to follow for cybersecurity. Otherwise, we're putting ourselves at risk. We're putting the American people at risk. Sure. One of the things that I think a lot of people are going to be asking the question now that the announcements come that the, that the Twitter board has accepted Elon Musk's offer. Uh, six months ago, I definitely would have put my money on Elon Musk. It looked like he was interested. It looked like he wanted to be involved. Uh, he's kind of backed away from politics in general. You know, he's focusing on stuff with the cars and, and the space program that's going on over at SpaceX. But do you think he has the resolve to get the job done that needs to be done at Twitter? I think he's willing to do what others wouldn't, right? So I think, you know, whether that be, you know, shutting down the Twitter office in San Francisco or, you know, mass firings, things of that nature, um, I think he kind of has that same Trumpian characteristic where he's willing to maybe push the envelope beyond uh, what the average Silicon Valley executive would otherwise be doing. Um, I don't know if he's inheriting a company where it actually would make any difference. Um, I think, you know, if he does this mass firing wave, I think he'd be probably struggle to find someone to replace, you know, the top line engineers, things of that nature. Um, There's really not a conservative talent base, um, which is going to limit the kind of policy revisions that he could actually impose. Um, You know, if he's actually looking to make it an explicitly free speech platform, I don't know if there's a whole lot of engineers and tech staff that are willing to enlist and get behind that message. Um, so I think there are certainly limitations to what Elon could actually fix. I think he's willing to, um, but he's going to have to operate within a realm that, you know, he's not going to scare away his talent core, um, which is unfortunate. It's just kind of the reality of Silicon Valley. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have to kind of wait and see what he's actually willing to do. Um, I think people are going to be disappointed that it's not this radical right away change Um, But give him some time. I think, you know, I think he's more inclined to do the right thing than, uh, you know, our current leadership structure we're looking at at Twitter. Sure. No, that makes sense because, uh, you know, as someone who's used social media as a platform to try and extend the voice of the product that we have, which is our podcast, uh, we've seen it across every platform. Stayed off Facebook because I don't want to lose, you know, wedding pictures and pictures of my kids being born. Instagram, our followers were, were throttled in October of 2021. We literally haven't gotten a new follower, even though our, our like listenership and download has expanded by tens of thousands uh, since then. The only kind of place we have traction on right now is, is True Social. And, uh, you know, we've really enjoyed having an actual social media experience where people share your content, like your content, comment on it, and want to be interactive. To see something... Uh, Maybe down the road from Twitter, that's even like 50% better than it is. I'll take it. I'm optimistic that Elon Musk can get the job done, but I'm in the same uh, you know, party as you. As I think it's going to take a little bit of time if he wants to do it right. Jake, last thing I want to touch on, which is which is extremely important to everything that's going on in this country right now. We know you've been involved with a couple of political pe- candidates. You love the Arizona ticket. You worked with Joe Kent before you went over to the Heritage Foundation. In 57 days, we're heading to the ballot box right now, and uh, it's the most important election probably in the history of this country. What are some of the things you could tell our listenership right now that they need to be doing uh, that's going to help get this country back on the right track? Yeah, I mean, stay vigilant, you know, uh be aware of what's going on in terms of your, uh, your own local races, you know, make sure you're tracking your own candidates, make sure that you, uh, actually have a grasp on, uh, kind of what's going on in your local arena. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, don't rely on Twitter. Don't rely on Facebook to actually give you the message. Uh, keep your ear to the ground, watch your local news, get out to local events, 
um, because you're not going to get the full story on social media. I think that's really uh, the message that's important to get today is that uh, obviously it's being manufactured, obviously it's being engineered. So I think that's really critical. Um, aside from that, you know, be involved, uh, reach out, uh, make sure that, you know, your free time you're spending is uh, advancing the movement and things of that nature. Um, I think, you know, staying uh, connected with your your local candidates and staying involved is uh, is critical. That's how we actually we get the victories. So if you want Twitter to get fixed, if you want Facebook to get fixed, you want real regulatory action, it's going to require you to kind of actually pull yourself up from the bootstraps and kind of go, and out, go out there and help uh, knock doors, things of that nature. No, I like it. It's it's an attitude that I think a lot of our listenership already has. But if if you're sitting at home and, and you're someone that's you know really strong behind the keyboard and 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 you feel like maybe it's time to get out of the house and do something else, you know, polling, elections, door knocking for candidates in your area, doesn't matter where you live. You're going to find somebody that's America first, uh, somewhere that you could get in the car and take a short drive to and go out and help their campaigns, uh, even if it's just on the weekend when you're not working and stuff. Jake, where can we find you across social media if we're already not following you? Yeah, I'm uh, primarily on Twitter. It's uh, at Real J Denton. So that's the letter J, then my last name, D-E-N-T-O-N. Um, it's mainly Twitter, uh, Twitter hot takes, political tech type stuff. So uh, give me a follow and uh, happy to answer any questions too. If you have more uh, nitty gritty stuff, feel free to shoot me a DM. His DMs are open. Jake, I think maybe in October we're going to have you back. We could see where we're at with this Elon Musk thing and then talk about any of the other critical issues heading into the midterm elections uh, that, that are in and outside of the tech community. That'd be great. It was, uh, it was a pleasure being on. A pleasure having you today. This is someone who's writing tech policy now at the Heritage Foundation and a uh, new great friend to steak for breakfast. Jake Denton, thanks for coming down. Thank you. Do you agree with me that my premise here, they can't run on anything that they're successful at, anything that they've done to improve the country. So I say they've got three things. January 6th, hating Donald Trump. They got the usual playbook. Republicans are racist and sexist and xenophobic. And January 6th, and that's about it, an abortion. Mm -hmm. Sean, you're exactly right. If you look at the issues that, that, that are racking the country, that are hurting Americans across the country, you have number one, inflation. The Democrats have no plan for inflation other than to make it worse, to spend trillions more and drive inflation up even more. Gas prices, they have no plan to reduce gas prices other than to make it worse by hammering American oil and gas production. Crime, they have no plan to reduce crime other than to make it worse by continuing to support radical leftist DAs and leftists who try to undermine, defund, or abolish the police. And illegal immigration, they have no plan to stop. They don't want to stop. Their plan is more illegal immigration, more chaos at the border. And, and so their only political strategy, which you can see their cronies in the corporate media leaning in on, is distraction. They want to scream Donald Trump all day long because there is nothing on planet Earth they hate more than Donald J. Trump. They want to unleash corrupt partisans at the Department of Justice and the FBI to go after Donald Trump to try to distract people. And they want to send Joe Biden up to give the most divisive and hateful speech we have seen a president give in our lifetimes, calling half of the country fascist. They're hoping to scare people into showing up and voting for an agenda that's failing. And what's amazing, they don't, they don't plan to change. They don't promise change. They promise more of the same, more of the same disastrous policy agenda. They sure do. Got the whole team in here for uh, News 2 Antoinette. Welcome back. 
Hello, hello, guys. Good to be back. Enthusiastic to uh, have you joining us again today. And then Noah's via remote. He's got advanced forklift training, some additional, I guess, CEs uh, he's working on today. Noah, how's everything going down at the, uh, the, the well, the forklift depot? Uh, well, you know, once again, uh, picked some stuff up, put it back down. I uh, got a perfect score uh, on one fork. The other fork, I got uh, two points away from perfect. Oh, nice. Yeah, so there's two forks and two scores. <laughs> I like it. Um, you know, they talked about some of those America Last policies and how they're just crushing the American people. This, All this stuff that's going on that we talked about in News 1, all the stuff that we saw regarding 9-11, you, you had Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, and uh, Alejandro Mayorkas as the largest administration officials. Obviously, Hillary Clinton's telling everybody that she's not running for president, but she she went around talking like she did this weekend. And we'll, we'll get into her in just a, a little bit, unfortunately, but... The the GDP for quarter three came out today, and it's looking anywhere between 8.3 and 8.6%, uh, which is a little bit down from the 9 of quarter one, but above uh, 8.4 of quarter two. It looks like recession confirmed, and I just mm. don't know, regardless of how many polls say Republican candidates aren't winning in the general election coming up on November 8th, how you can legitimately look at those numbers and think that this country is so far off track right now that the American public walk away Dems, moderates, independents that are just tired of getting their ass kicked in every way, shape, or form aren't going to go to the ballot box and, and vote back America first uh, come November. Are people actually admitting that it's a recession now because it's been how many quarters now? How, three in a row, and how dare you say that? You know, we also saw, oh. this is just breaking in the last hour, Noah, the U.S. is considering, because it worked so well on Russia for the global economy, shank, sanctioning China now to ensure <laughs> that they won't invade Taiwan. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Yeah, get ready to I add mean, a couple, a, another couple dollars to those gas prices. Got to keep uh, doing what works, I guess. Yeah, people should start looking around their homes right now to see where a majority of the stuff that they use for their daily lives is made and how much that would uh, really put a bind on everybody's life if uh, we went ahead and tried to do the same thing we did with Russia uh, that we did with, you know, um, with China now. Listen, the fact of the matter is China is going to have Taiwan in the next 20 to 25 years, probably regardless. It's just strategically impossible for us to do anything except go on f to have a full-on nuclear war with them which would essentially end the world i mean we we literally should try to get as much stuff and cooperation of it as we can and, and this goes back to all the things that we've done so fucked up over the last you know three decades where we no longer produce uh microchips in this country processors in this country pharmaceuticals in this country vaccines in this country except the the ones that you're getting now which are essentially killing everyone there's our covid warning Oops. for the week ouch but Ooh. uh yeah it, it's one of those things where you know a lot of those uh those products now are coming from taiwan especially when you talk about the chips and and, and some of the vaccines and we really need to take into consideration of finding a middle ground on this, kind of how Donald Trump dealt with our, our foreign allies during his administration, and not just like this one where we all want to hold hands as a one-world government. Meanwhile, our, our, the greatest threats to us geopolitically are absolutely strangling uh, the middle class in this country, which which is part of the agenda, so that's why they're kind of letting it happen. But uh, very disturbing to hear about the China sanctions. Um, well, the thing with China is, like, everything that they're doing is their long game. They're... Yep. they're 25 year, 50 year plan, whatever, whatever, however many years it is to eventually just become the superpower over the United States. And, you know, whether they're, you know, taking maps of, of military installations with their Pokemon go game or, or just, you know, just, if you don't look at the terms of service and you download an app, like TikTok China is spying and they are just trying to get 
anything that they can. And it's like, if you cast a wide enough net, there's going to be some mouth breathing idiot. That's going to do some OPSEC thing. That's just going to totally fuck everything up. Like yeah. I, uh, I ordered this, this, uh, little USB device, like a terabyte USB device that had a lightning on one end, USB on the other. And I, I go to, you know, click clean off my phone. Cause I got so much artwork from the show and shit on there. It's just bogging everything down. There, there's no, there's no privacy information on the app. It's like a legit app that's on the app store. And there's a warning basically from Apple saying that there is no privacy information on what this app is going to do. And it wants access to like all your shit. And it's like, people don't seem to realize you give them access to all this stuff. They are just data mining all of your shit and all of the information. And if somebody hypothetically speaking in a, military position or some sort of high end of law enforcement, like gave them access to this with like a government phone or something like that. Boom. There it is. Your goose is cooked. Yeah. And we saw today up on congressional, uh, Chuck Grassley's congressional inquiry on Capitol Hill. There was a uh, former head of cybersecurity for Twitter who testified that there are currently four, at least 4,000 Twitter employees who, with the click of a button, can have access to everyone's accounts, personal information. And now that Elon Musk uh, looks like he's going to get Twitter with that announcement that happened today that the board of directors accepted his $44 billion offer, can essentially, with another click of the button, dox every single person on Twitter at the same time. And I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be all the bot accounts and, and radical progressives on there. It would be all of the conservative voices on there whose information they now have at the uh, the click of a button. It's pretty pretty disturbing. Almost as disturbing. Yeah. Go ahead, just Noah. Like the, when they, when, just like when they accidentally gave up all the CCW holders' information in California. Mm-hmm. Oops. My bad. I hate it when that happens. I also hate when Hillary Clinton, uh, we've got another clip of her. She was on CNN, State of the Fake Union on Sunday, and she mm. was she was railing against Donald Trump. Let's hear someone who's supposedly not running for president. I want to ask about the FBI search at Mar-a-Lago. You said this week that you don't want to prejudge because you have been prejudged in your life. I know your oh. infamous emails were investigated. You were cleared. But you've dealt with classified information as former secretary of state, as a senator. If the Justice Department decides that former President Donald Trump actually committed a crime, do you think he should be treated like any other citizen? Or should the, should the DOJ take into account the potential real-world consequences of indicting a former president and potential 2024 candidate? I think it's a really hard call, um, and I cannot uh, predict what the Justice Department will do at the oh. end of its investigation. But I do think the rule of law, holding people accountable, is central to our nation. And both as uh, Secretary of State and as a private citizen, I have answered every question I've ever been asked. I've testified for 11 hours. I've been involved in anything that uh, was asked of me to try to answer uh, any kind of uh, issue. I think that's the way the system is supposed to work, even if you are you know, not sure why uh, you're being uh, in, uh, with the spotlight on you. And therefore, I really believe that at the end of the day, no one is above the law and oh. no one uh, should be uh, escaping accountability if indeed the facts and the evidence point to them having uh, done something that anyone else in our country would be investigated for and maybe even charged. So it sounds like like you're saying that he should be treated like he were he would if he was Donald J. Trump, somebody who was a a civilian, an average citizen, not a former president or potential candidate. Oh, 
I do, because, I mean, he's he's not the president. And we do have some special uh, exceptions for someone actually in the office. Uh, so I do think that uh, just like any American, if there is evidence, that evidence should be pursued. But I know it's not an easy call. And so I don't want to uh, inject, mm -hmm. you know, my... Uh, opinion into that difficult calculation, because I don't know all the facts. And unlike people who uh, jump to uh, conclusions, I don't want to do that. But if the evidence proves uh, or seems to uh, show that there are charges that should be leveled, then uh, I think the rule of law should apply to anyone. Oh, scissor me timbers. Mm. Like, I hate to be the broken record, but... <laughs> accountability rule of law is the antithesis of everything we've seen from the democratic party throughout everything in the last like two, three years. Yep. Burn, burning down buildings, assaulting police officers, killing people, setting up, set, setting up actual organizations to bail out people who break the law. Like if anybody's still falling for this fucking bullshit rhetoric, they need their fucking head examined. Well, it's usually people that watch CNN, State of the Fake Union. Antoinette, the whole time I was listening to her talk, the only thing I could keep hearing in my head besides the, the garrison noise was, what difference does <laughs> it make? Cool. Yeah, same. I, so I, I mean, you hear her say stuff like that. She was never the president, and she got more of a pass than, than you know this Department of Justice and, and federal law enforcement is giving Donald Trump and his former administration officials and now people adjacent to Trump world now. How, how loathsome is it to hear her go in there and kind of give a skewed narrative to make everybody i mean she essentially said like oh it doesn't matter if, if he's guilty or not like if, if we continue to say he's guilty he eventually will be yep it's disgusting i have i can't hear her like i too and she 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 mentions like oh you know if you're i, I was under investigation and i wasn't really sure why it's like what really come on what difference does it make noah yeah at this point what difference does it make yeah you, exactly you know she went on and but, go ahead no, you put your you put the shoe on the other foot. Like, I mean, it's with everything that's happening now. You 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 put the onus of what's going on on the exact opposite side, and people would be up in arms. Like, if Trump had done anything like this, like if Trump's kids, if one of his kids was a fucking crackhead, oh my gosh, I I just can't with these people. End of the world. I just can't with the world right now. It's it's insanity. Yeah, yeah. we we've heard of two rallies in a row now. Donald Trump rehash those things that obviously really bother him regarding, um, you know, Don Jr. when Adam Schiff would go on television during the uh, Crossfire Hurricane and Russiagate in investigation and say that Don Jr. was going to go to jail for decades on, on a story that he knew he made up and, and would go on talk shows weekend after weekend and said it looks like this guy's going to go to jail for a long time. Like, the absolute hypocrisy, she would go on in the same interview to say that um, Nancy Pelosi is the most influential woman in all of uh, politics right now and, and by far oh. the, the gutsiest woman to ever uh, get into politics as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, well. I mean, bathing suit choices maybe. It's pretty gutsy. Oof. <laughs> you always want to bring back the America last boobs. Oh, man, those milkers. So... Kamala Harris sat down on 9-11 with uh, Chuck Todd on Meet the Fake Press and talked about uh, things that she's been in charge of since the start of the Biden administration, like the U.S. southern border. Um, you can she never visited the border yet? She sure hasn't, and you could never mm. 
even begin to fathom what her answer would be when she wanted to talk about security and operational control. Let's hear it. You call the border secure? I think that there is no question that we have to do what the president and I asked Congress to do. Is the first request we made, pass a bill to create yes. a pathway to citizenship. The border oh. is secure. Okay. But we also have a broken immigration system, in particular over the last four years before we came in, oh. and it needs to be fixed. Oh. Two million people cross this border for the first time ever. You're confident this border is secure? We have a secure border oh. in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. Oh. But there are still a lot of problems that we are trying to fix. Given the deterioration that happened over the last four years, oh. we also have to put in place a, 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 a law and a plan for a pathway huh? for citizenship oh. for the millions of people who are here and are prepared to do what is legally required to gain citizenship. Oh. We don't have that in place because people are playing politics in a state like this and in Congress. On, by the way, you want to talk about bipartisanship on an issue that at one time was a bipartisan issue, oh. both in terms of Republican senators and, and even presidents. That's why we don't run on that bullshit anymore, because comprehensive bipartisan issues that solve the immigration problem is the is like the dog whistle for amnesty. And we're not having that in this country, right? She is a fucking embarrassment. She doesn't even, I can't believe that. I couldn't only imagine how edited that was, but just to hear her talk, it's like, she couldn't believe that he asked her uh, that question. And then when, when he did, she kind of just like sat there and and she's like, well, this border is it's secure, but, and then she throw, if I, if you were a real fucking journalist, Chuck Todd, and not the piece of shit fake news promoter that you've always been, you would have asked her like, okay, you talk about throwing it back to Congress. Can you uh, elaborate on the last two, you know, over a decade that you spent in Congress before you became the vice president that you weren't able to uh, get any kind of comprehensive immigration bill worked and then just let her fucking twist in the wind. Yeah. I was waiting for her to go, well, we, we do know that <laughs> there is a border and at that border, there are people, and they want to cross that border, and there is a line, and they're crossing it. I, I just, like, was waiting for her to just go in the fucking weeds completely. Like, there's, there's, also, there's also security that yeah. we have. It's always been around. And that, and that security is extremely secure. Yeah, it's nonsense. Uh, And you have to kind of think like when you watch that and you watch it closely, she's such a vapid, empty headed idiot that she has to have an earpiece in. There's no way (laughs) that people aren't feeding her information of what to say. Just keywords. That's why she always has one word sentences. It's funny, too, because, you know. It's been revealed lately through some DHS whistleblowers that there are thousands of people from, you know, uh, terrorist-aligned nations who have been able to come into this country since the fall of Afghanistan now. Weird. And, and they they chose on 9-11 Kamala Harris, Hillary Clinton, Alejandro Mayorkas, and Joe Biden to talk about the domestic violent extremists and, and white nationalism, which has replaced radical Islamist terrorists uh, as one of the greatest threats, if not the most largest threat to this nation now. Jackie Henrich uh, in the White House press pool today 
brought up that interview uh, with Kamala Harris and wanted KJP to clarify on her broken sentences. Let's hear it. Um, over the weekend, the vice president said that the border is secure, but we're on track to close the fiscal year with two million encounters, breaking last year's record. Last month, in the last month alone, fentanyl seizures are up 200 uh, percent, and we're on pace to break that record also this year. So, how is the border secure? So. Uh we see record seizures of, uh, of fentanyl uh, at the border, so we're actually catching uh, fentanyl before it enters the country. So oh. that's how uh, we see that. Look, uh, as far as the border, we're taking unprecedented action. Oh. Uh, we had to, oh. to fix oh. something that was broken, especially by the, the last administration. We've oh. secured record levels. This is what we have been able to do, a funding for the, the, the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, remember, many Republicans uh, voted against that. Many of them who would like to invite me to the border have actually voted against that. Uh, we've made over 3,000 arrests as part of a first of its kind anti-smuggling campaign. Oh. We've installed border technology and set up set up joint uh, patrols with Mexico Oof, and Guatemala to today. catch traffickers. We've got Mexico uh, to agree to pay $1.5 billion uh, to improve border processing and security through smart, proven border management solutions. Oh. And the president brought 20 world leaders together to collectively manage uh, mi migration flows across Western Hemisphere. Compare that to the Trump administration, which largely just tried to build a wall, an ineffective wall, uh, along the border and couldn't even finish that in four years. Uh, we're certainly uh, doing a lot more to secure the border and could be doing even more oh. if Republicans would stop their obstruction. That's it. Mm. Well, what a load of bullshit. You want to know why the fentanyl seizures are up? is because of the lack of enforcement at the border. You have Border Patrol agents who are hamstringed by this administration processing migrants that are coming in and just walking across. And the reason why there's high-end seizure numbers is because they're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at the border right now because yep. it's, a, it's, a, it's a game of numbers. Yep. They're making so much money charging these human trafficking uh fees to these people that are coming across that they have all the money in the world to make fentanyl uh, have all the precursors shipped from China who by the way is that's where all that shit comes from and they're sending in so much of it that I mean you can't help but have some of it fall out and hit you in the foot as it comes through. Right if we catch less than 5% of the drugs that come across the border as a high end number we all know it's more between 1 and 3%. Just imagine if it's record amounts of seizures how much is actually getting in. They also said unprecedentedly apprehended over 3000 whatever's this year trying to enter the United States illegally. Well it's going to be over 2 million people just this fiscal year alone that they know of that doesn't include the 1.5 million getaways and at the same time if you put those two numbers together, which is around, it's over 3 million people total across the U.S. southern border this year, and they've only apprehended 300, like, sketchy people, or I'm sorry, 3,000 sketchy people. Oh, how many people of those 3 to 3.5 million people that got in are also sketchy and didn't get apprehended? It's yeah, and we've gotten reports so from Border Patrol people that are telling us that they literally have everybody in their field or their area of operation or whatever you want, area of responsibility, processing the, the give ups, which are just people that are walking across and, you know, giving their 
potentially fraudulent asylum claim while one or two guys are out there patrolling 600 miles of border. It's, it's yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely disturbing, and it's it's probably the second largest issue that's affecting this nation. First, the national security. Second, when it comes to overall with the economy and everything that all encompasses it. Something that we've been talking about on the show frequently and, and to great extent lately, a lot of the things, uh, it's an item that our guests bring up often when they come on, too. It was actually asked to John Kirby today. A reporter challenged him talking about China and, and their attempt to uh, continue to buy and have ownership in land throughout the United States lately, beachfront property, uh, property that's adjacent to military installations and uh, large farms uh, directly that feed our, our, our domestic food chain here. And you, you can never imagine someone who's the former Pentagon spokesperson and assistant secretary right now answer this one. Known adversary in the case of China, uh, foreign buyers are buying up U.S. real estate, in some case farms around military installations. Is this on the administration's radar? And what is being done, perhaps, to study this or to protect Americans from making sure that homes remain affordable and so on? I think the question of home ownership is a little bit out of my out of my swim lane, but but particularly when it comes to around military installations? What I will tell you is that uh, the president has been uh, nothing but clear about our concerns about Chinese uh, unfair trade practices and economic practices. About I, trade. I understand that, ma'am. But buying up land around uh, military installations. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm probably not the right person to ask about home ownership here oh. in the United States. This isn't about home ownership. This is about buying up land around military okay, installations. Is that a concern to this administration? Okay. I said this to your, to your office last week. They've had a week to look at this, including the articles. Okay, we're gonna, we're, we can get back to you afterwards. We're going to move on. Go ahead. And, and they moved on. Wow. Uh, yeah, you should wow. see his face. He looks so uncomfortable because... It's something that everybody's talking about. It may have started off with, like, the Alex Jones and Stu Peters of the world, but it has made it. Tucker's done some pretty big exposés on this. I know Boomer Sweats Hannity and, and, and the Botox Queen Laura Ingram have weighed in on this one as well. And it's even starting to get on to, to other legacy media outlets like MSNBC and CNN because not only are they moving into places and driving up the rates of, of housing and essentially helping tank the market, but at the same time, their, their closeness to military uh, installations and the way that they're buying up farmland that, that affects our domestic, uh, you know, it's stuff that starts out as conspiracy theory, but start looks like it's actually coming to light now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was concerned when Bill Gates started buying farmland. I'm definitely concerned about fucking China buying farmland and surrounding military installations. Like, give me a break. I mean, we're didn't I forgot when? Maybe not even last year and a half. Uh, it was going around that China, uh, China, like military, was at the Canadian border training. Yes. They were yeah. doing joint ops oh, on the yeah. Canadian border. Just scary. Yeah, it certainly is. And and it's one of those geopolitical enemies that we don't, number one, uh, put enough of our attention to, especially with this administration right now. No one was harder on China than the Trump administration and, and people like Stephen Miller and Peter Navarro. Uh, they, they really did, you know, put the stranglehold on them and, and, and kept them in check. And, and at the same time, we have... Uh, you know, stuff that's going on right now. It's, it, there's so much, there's so many fires, they just don't care. And mm-hmm. it, it's not only that they don't care, but they, they can't put any attention to anything. Um, you know, 
between Joe Biden's speech uh, two weeks ago in, in Philadelphia and, and how he, you know, bookended it with what's going on on 9-11, I mean, you literally had the president of the free world in one of the most somber days in the history of this country outside the Pentagon in the pouring rain at a podium screaming about domestic mm-hmm. extremists. And it's like he's so scared that they're going to try and take his presidency away from him that they literally can't now. I mean, everybody's pretty much in agreement. We hit these midterm elections. Donald Trump announces we're already deep into 2023. Like, regardless, if let's just say the master plan all works out and he gets all of these Trump candidates into these states and they all decertify the elections, I don't see a legal and constitutional route uh, heading into 2024, which would be the election year, to decertify and remove Joe Biden and his entire administration from the, the offices which they currently hold. This is going to yeah, have I'm an extra. my breath for that. Yeah, this is going to. We talked about it in, in, in the earlier part of the show. This administration, at the end of the day, when we get to the bottom of everything, is going to have an asterisk next to it, much like when the Dodgers won the World Series in the COVID-shortened season. It's just not legitimate. And that's literally what Boris elaborated on it this morning. And every guest that comes on here that knows anything about anything knows it. This administration's acting like it's not legitimate. Like they're literally grasping onto the last pieces of power that they'll ever have or at least have for the next few decades. And, uh, you know, that's some of the stuff that we're going to usher in with these starting in the midterm elections in November and, and moving forward to, uh, you know, heading on to the presidential election in 2024. I do have a couple more audio clips as we're rounding up news to here. Three choice cuts from some of the biggest losers out there. Um, the first one was from Tim Ryan. He's J.D. Vance's senatorial adversary in the uh, midterm elections. He's running on the Democrat side, and J.D. Vance has caught him in the polls. About to get a big boost this weekend because we have a Save America rally in in Ohio. We're going to see not only J.D. Vance, but Steak for Breakfast enjoyers who will both be coming back in early October. Max Miller and J.R. Majewski confirmed dates with both of them this week. But uh, let's hear what the radical progressive left opposite of J.D. Vance is talking about. Democrats aren't right on everything. And I'm willing to sit down and have conversations about how we can move out of this age of stupidity and into an age of reconciliation and reform. How do we fix all of these broken systems? Some of those answers will come from Republicans, it's not not the extremists that we're dealing with every single day. We've got to kill and confront that movement. Um, but, the, you know, working with normal mainstream Republicans, I think that's going to be really, really important because we have to reform uh, these systems. And I will tell them, too, like, we got to get the government out of our business. I'm all in on that. You see the Dobbs decision. You see, you know, in you want to get the government out of our business, but you say literally in the breath before that, the only way to stop MAGA is to confront and kill those Republicans. Those were his exact words. And there's that word again, mainstream Republicans. Like there's nothing good about mainstream Republicans. I just think the language of it, uh, you know, Antoinette, you hear somebody talking about killing MAGA movement. How does that make you feel? I mean, I think it's funny at the same time. It's, I mean, I don't put anything past them to try to do it, but MAGA's not going away. No, I, I, I honestly believe, yeah, that it's just getting started. And, and we will see the final form of MAGA once President Trump makes it official. Um, they're doing some kind of a speaking event right now for, for Joe Biden. I, I don't know what it's in regards to, but I did pull a couple clips from there. Here's uh, fake news Chuck Schumer talking about, well, he's talking about things that MAGA is fixated on, while the only thing they have to hang their ad on is being fixated with us uh, and talking about it over and over again. Let's hear it. 
That's the difference between the two parties in a nutshell. While MAGA Republicans are fixated on their extremist agenda like a national abortion ban, Democrats are focused on creating jobs, lowering costs, and bringing the country together. Really? Really? Woo! Wow. You, feel, you guys feel I mean, brought you together? You can say whatever you want. You can, you can say whatever you want, but no matter how many times you say that, people aren't going to believe that one. Like, yeah, you can say that uh, Trump's a Russian spy, and you can say this, this, and this, but there's no way anybody's believing that the Democratic Party's trying to, A, bring people together, and B, lower costs. Like, fuck you. It, it has literally gotten to the point, and I wish I was joking, I don't leave the house or enter a building anymore for the last little while, especially after last week with all the raids, without literally going through in my head what it's going to look like about getting... <laughs> put down and, and put in handcuffs in front of my family or in front of my coworkers for, you know, just being a supporter of, uh, of, you know, America first policies and, and being orbitably within the solar system of Trump world. It's, it's keeping me up at night. And I think it probably does for a lot of people too, you know, talking with some of our great friends this week, like Christina and cash, obviously me and Boris were texting all week because when he comes on the show, he like likes to have up issues that we're literally going to hit hard. And he likes the best thing I like about when Boris comes on the show is he's like, let's try to get into a, a few of the things that we just skim over on war room and, and break it down a little bit. He kind of likes to give our, our audience like a different, you know, some people come on and you get the exact same interview that they're going to give on Fox news that they're going to give on Steve's show. And that they're going to give here. Uh, Boris is one of those people that he's literally perfectionist. And, uh, you know, he's had a rough week and a half. He, he's been raided. Uh, some of the things he's working on as an attorney for President Trump are under assault with the Save America PAC under the microscope. And uh, we can only rely on extraordinary leadership from people like Joe Biden to uh, make days like this both glorious and possible. Let's hear it. Mr. President, thank you for unifying and inspiring a vision of a stronger, fairer, safer... Oh future for all, for our children. Your extraordinary leadership has made this glorious day possible. I, that's an applause line. <laughs> oh, scissor me timbers. How's that for Did an applause? Did she say that's an applause line? Yeah, she certainly, listen, you can't make it up. It's that bad. It's that bad. That That's like, oh, that's wow. that's when you clap, you son of a bitches. Like when he was yelling at the military yeah, back sons of bitches. And, in, in 2018. And, you know, that's where we are with this administration. It's just cheer for me. We're doing good for you. And everybody's it's like the beat up, you know, abuse victim. And they're like, hey, please don't hit me anymore. Please don't make well, you got to think that there's there's probably professional Biden event goers now, because, I mean, can anybody else like I can't imagine unless you're like independently wealthy and a total fucking idiot that you're going to drive any further than, you know, halfway across town to go to one of his rallies. Like, wh there's no way. Is, meanwhile, the, is there really, though? Flying. Well, I know, but, but, but meanwhile, for Trump, like you saw, like, when we went to the, uh, the Arizona rally. 14-hour car drive. It, it was, yeah, well, okay, well, yeah, we drove 14 hours. That fucking sucked. But mm. there oh. were people who not only did they plan on going to, the the rescheduled event yep 
but it but it sold out yeah. both times. It's like yeah. there, there's no way if Joe Biden would have canceled, you know, an event in the in the fucking freezer section of Seven Eleven, and then canceled it and said, "All right, no, we're going to do it next week." Nobody would have showed up the second time, even if they said they were going out free Slurpees. Especially if there was free Slurpees. <laughs> No, it, it it's true, and, and we will get a clap back on uh, Saturday night in Ohio. I, I'm assuming that it will be rocking. They have a great ticket there, and uh, President Trump's probably going to be on fire after the events that have unfolded over the last, uh, you know, 10 days. In our last clip of the day today, I found one last night. It was amazing. Uh, crying Adam Kinzinger was on MSDNC, and believe it or not, Republican – Republican House member was on MSDNC to cry about all the things that are that are illegitimate. But the biggest thing is, is that his career is over. They've actually redistricted him out of Congress and he couldn't find a district close to him that he could run in and win. Um, so he, he's giving like a really sad forecast on what he sees, which we will think will be great come January. I think the people coming in January, there's going to be a significant class of people that actually believe the election was stolen. And that's a fearful thing to me. I have no respect for somebody that tells me, hey, I know it's all you know BS, but I got to do this to get reelected. What I fear is those that come here and truly believe, you know, Adam Kinzinger is part of the Soros big government, you know, New World Order machine, <laughs> and I was part of stealing this election. They're going to be in Congress in January. That frightens me. Yes, they are. And that yeah, because you are <laughs> that, that is you. That's who you are. <laughs> speaking of the big globalist George Soros backed everything just coming across the ticker right now. I'm sure you guys will both be extremely enthused to hear uh, discover MasterCard and Visa have announced today that they will now oh, be doing the gun stuff. Yeah, they will Perfect. be flagging every gun purchase and, and, and making the government aware that, that that's happening moving forward. And not even just gun gun purchases for like a completed firearm. I believe they're still they're going to be doing uh, just gun parts as well. All sales from all gun shops. Yep. Can't make this stuff up. Looks like we're gonna have to find a bigger lake. I need a bigger boat. Hmm. Well, team, it was great being back together. Antoinette, we hope to uh, enjoy the harmonic sound of your voice on Friday. Yes, I can't wait to be back on Friday. It's good to be back with you guys. We're going to have an action-packed show as well with Rick Grinnell and Matt Whitaker coming in. I'm sure they're going to have a lot to talk about and everything that's going on. And Noah, please stop doing this to me and be back in the studio. Uh, I would like to. I don't really like uh, leaving you in control because sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> now you do a good job. No, I did the best I can. I mean, this is a pretty large apparatus that we have set up here in the studio and uh, got some compliments on it today from all of our guests. But uh, I can't do nice. anything more than uh, complimenting you guys. Listen, there's a lot of moving parts. If you're listening to the show today you should have, and you live in the Granite State, New Hampshire's, get out there and vote. Caroline Levitt, General Bulldog. We had great success in Vermont this week with another America First candidate getting over the finish line. The chessboard is drawn when the polls close today. We'll know exactly the numbers we have, and the entire focus of everything MAGA then shifts into general election campaign mode. It's something that we're going to have to... Listen, these economy numbers, they're awful. Uh, gun sales reporting, they're awful. Joe Biden's extraordinary leadership and uh, all that other crap, awful. But moving forward, we're going to make sure that we do everything to uh, keep you guys informed. And we're going to be bringing all of these candidates back so you can hear their final pitch as we get to head into general election season November 8th. Not a bad way to start the week. 
A lot of news coming our way, but uh, I think we tackled it in a fashion-only steak for breakfast scan. Uh, if you enjoyed this show and would like to listen to the other 168 episodes of the Steak for Breakfast podcast, you can find us across every downloadable podcasting platform. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podaddict, Google Podcasts, FM Player, iHeartRadio, the Patriot Podcast Network on the Roku app, or even on Frank's Speech. Subscribe to the show and rate it, leave a review, and don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share Steak for Breakfast content. Show credits goes out to all of our guests today. We appreciate them taking time out of their schedules to come down. And in addition to them, some of our internet friends, Blue White Memes, The Patriotic Babe That Counts, Mr. Ultra Garbaggio, and Christina Bob Save America. Friends, don't forget to go out and throw some uh, of your hard-earned cash at our partners, because when you do that, the only thing that happens is you help make small American businesses great again. Speaking of which, my pillow. If you like sleep and you like coffee, you're going to love Mike Lindell. You enter promo code to take a checkout, you're going to get big, big savings. MyPillow.com is the website for sleep-related. MyStore.com forward slash steak is everything uh, breakfast-related. And you can talk to a qualified pillow representative, 1-800-658-8045. The top tier of ear gear, the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording equipment, of course, can be found at Odyssey. You want to go out and make the investment, get those ear needs taken care of and done up right. Odyssey.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. MyPatriotCigars.com. A premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. Uh, Alan Jacoby, our guest today, guest host, newest company, and we're going to be supporting him moving forward. You get 15% off when you enter promo code Stake at checkout there. You can find him on Facebook and Instagram as well. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms has a pretty simple equation for all your gun-related needs. Firearms, parts, accessories, and ammo. The newly redesigned, easy-to-use website is westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone, 619-870-6992. Stay ready, gear holsters. Hmm. Well, if you want to take a picture of President Trump speaking at a Save America rally and put it on a concealed carry Kydex holster, Stay Ready Gear will get it done for you and get those orders out faster than ever before. StayReadyGear.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Man rubs. Sweet deliciousness. We had some, I guess you can call it pot roast on Friday night. And I cheated a little bit, and in addition to stuffing it with garlic, I rubbed it with man rubs. I bought it, shook it, sprinkled it, rubbed it, threw it in the cooking apparatus of my choice. A couple hours later, I removed it, pulled it. I partnered it with some potatoes and carrots and threw it in my mouth. Num, num, num. Manrubs.com is the website. Mediocre Medic for all those first responder needs. You're going to like all the stuff they got going on their online store. You're going to like their Instagram a little bit better. Mediocremedic.com is the website. And last but certainly not least, the gold standard of tactical flair, dumpbox.us. You still haven't bought yourself a zero fuck stuck yet? Treat yourself. Go ask Mark Joe Friday. Dumpbox.us is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Upcoming shows, we're going to be back here on Friday. We've got Ambassador Rick Grinnell and the former Acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker both joining us. It's going to be a great episode. We'll bring it back on Tuesday the 20th with Joe Kent and Norbin Laden coming in to do the news. She had so much fun with Ren, the Raw Egg Nationalist, a few weeks ago. She decided to come back in quite the hurry. Next Friday, Cash Patel is going to be in. Should be a pretty juicy segment. We're going to sit back down with former Trump top advisor, Theo Wold. He'll be back with us. On the 29th, I've got Courtney Geals, the Republican nominee in North Carolina for... Besides that, a lot of moving dates and working parts. So we'll see what's happening between now and then, but I can assure you we'll have lots and lots of great shows. Friends of the Week, 
Let's see. Silent Meme Jordy, Grand Old Memes, Mostly Peaceful, Dumbass Photoshop had some great ones. C3P Meme, your Sanford and Sons Trump videos just make us laugh. Of course, we've got our Truth Social Twitch streamers. Some call me Tim79 as well. Thank you for sharing our content. Hmm. Real Brenda Memes, Madam America, Namrock, Namrock, and let's go with Dank Elvis this week. He had some good... Uh, weekend day drinking vibes one guys things to remember between now and friday pretty simple number one do your own research a lot of people aren't talking about save america number one because they can't because they got raided last week but we are and we're going to be exposing all the stuff that's going on with the corrupt biden doj moving forward on that one um hopefully it doesn't lead to any additional doors namely mine getting kicked in uh number two start a podcast hopefully noah won't be too sad with all the edits i left him Number three, let's start talking about American greatness again. We don't talk about it enough. It seems like every time we start talking about it, something bad happens to fun-loving patriots. But at the end of the day, we got to start talking about American greatness. And last but certainly not least, let's see what happens. This has been episode 169 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast, and we'll be back with episode 170 on Friday. Ambassador Rick Grinnell, former acting attorney general Matt Whitaker, and hopefully the entire podcast team. And on behalf of all of us, I'm Roan. Thanks for listening and take care. In Overlord, Queen Elizabeth II has passed away at the ripe age of 96 years old. If you flip that, that's 69. And now we just proved QAnon is real. LOL. But seriously, it is with great sadness that our reptilian overlord, Lizzie Macbeth, has passed on to the other side with Prince Philip to confront the demons of her long reign as Queen of England, as well as the allegations she was responsible for Princess Diana's untimely death that happened in a tunnel in Paris, France, that resembled something out of a spy movie starring James Bond himself, considering it took so long for her to even get to the hospital. And it's unfortunate that not even the adrenochrome could keep her from her life going away in a flash and just, you know, keep her alive for a little bit longer. And to be honest, we all know the queen probably passed away years ago, and we've been cheering on a hologram created by DARPA. Now, I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding, or maybe I'm being dead serious, I don't know. It's all up for you to interpret and decide for yourself. So, as we mourn the passing of this elite overlord in a way that's, you know, therapeutic for you and I, because what we need to do is we need to tip our glasses of adrenochrome cocktail the people in London, the people in LA, I want you to toast the queen of child exploitation and Jimmy Seville's personal friend, queen of all lizards, Lizzie II, who I will miss extremely, very much so, and I'm sad she wasn't able to see Meghan Markle's newest royal baby, who's probably gonna start transition therapy at the ripe age of nine years old and be featured in the most slammed out, fabulous documentary on Netflix with a 100% critic rating and a 0% audience score. But it will be the best masterpiece created in documentary history. So RIP Lizzie, the Lizard Queen, the second. I'm sure Princess Diana and Jeffrey Epstein are smiling right at this moment. The Queen's family gathered at her Scottish estate early Thursday and were by her side as she went on to the other side, wherever that may be. So we say sayonara to the Lizard Queen. And I know I joke, you're like, oh, is she really a lizard? I don't know. I don't know how these people live so long, but I'll tell you this much, the queen does not care about us, her own son, Prince Andrew. 
is best friends with Jeffrey Epstein. These people are on the Lolita Express with children. These are convicted pedophiles, and nobody blows a whistle because they don't want to go after the monarchy. Well, let me tell you something. We're not pulling any punches here in America. I may be in, in San Diego, California, but Meghan Markle's right down the street from me. She came to California because they probably know that the monarchy is bullcrap. So I don't want to disrespect your whole genre of an existence and your whole, you know, personal character being a monarch. And I know all these people in London are going to watch, oh, this guy doesn't like them, yada, yada. I don't care. The queen is gone. It's not a big deal. The world is probably a better place for it, but I will miss you. R.I.P. Queen Elizabeth. Now, I know that you may not be responsible for all the evil things your family did. But as the leader of that evil family, almost impossible for me not to hold you slightly responsible. But. It's frustrating. It's inconvenient. And it's bad for the environment. And there's simply no reason for it. This is the United States America, for God's sake. This is who we are. This is not, this is not what we should be doing.